just getting the get the heater sound. It's kind of like traffic. It's like the steady hum of traffic. Minus <laughs> minus them. We're guys smoking outside. Smoke, smoke, smoke. I'll smoke where I want. We can't smoke closer than five thousand feet away from a building. Could you could you just smoke two feet over to your left? No, my freedoms. <laughs> everybody, and welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. Hi, David. My name is Ian. I'm very nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you as well. It's good to finally see you in person. Excellent. After all these years that we've been doing the show. Excellent. Um, the, uh, the second to... Not the second to last show, but the second... Is it our second to last, last show? The second to last show, but next episode... Listen, what a way to find out. I got let go from the Washington Post. <laughs> next episode. And now, uh, now this. It's been quite... That's uh, right. Well, I hope you enjoyed the, the ride. Quite the week. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the Holy ride. Holy moly. All these years. No, I was going to say 624 is our, is our officially our 12th anniversary of doing the oh, show. Oh, okay. Very nice. That'll be next week. So we'll we'll bring streamers and and, uh, okay. and uh, Vuvuzelas to blow. All right. Mwah. I'm not sure what uh, tw- you get for the 12th anniversary. I'm not sure either. I, I don't know. That's We've had them um, uh, marriage-wise. Hmm. Not us being married, but like, you know, separately married. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And also 623, one of those things where a, a number that ends in three but isn't divisible by three. Okay. But if you take the two and the three and multiply those together, you get six. It's true. If you take the six and you divide it by two, you get three. It's all. It's That's all. That's all true. you need to do. Is it's all. It's all. But yet, six hundred twenty-three not divisible. By three. Right. So there you go. But this is only if you believe in math. I do. And be- remember, I believe- math is just a theory. <laughs> it is not a theory. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's a good point. Math is not a theory, but it's also a construct that has been uh, superimposed on the universe. So yeah, but it's not a theory. Right. Because it proves theories, so it can't be a theory. Nope. That would be weird. Right. Yeah, it's interesting, though. Uh, The theory of relativity was created by someone who is now uh, dead. So that's a theory of a dead man, which is also... (laughs) Yeah, a local group. A local group. Um, Managed by the same guy who managed Nickelback. Oh, so they've made a couple of bucks. Yep. All right. And that's how you remind me. And also another band whose name I can't remember now. That's all right. It's okay. It's okay, everyone. Is it the Paolas? It wasn't the Paolas. All right. <laughs> Thanks for going back in time. Is it Paolas with an S that's also a dollar sign? Nope. Okay. Very good. Those are two different bands? I think they're the same band. They're the same band. Just different logo. Also, Rock and Hide, basically the same band. Mm-hmm. Basically the same band. I know too many songs of theirs. They Rock and Hide or mm. Paolas? Oh, probably Paolas, yeah. I think I only know one song. Hammer on a Drum? Oh, okay. I know Hammer on the Drum. Where yeah. is this love? Don't know that one. What song do you know from the Paolas then? Isn't that Eyes of a Stranger or whatever? Yeah, Eyes of the Stranger is that song, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's, those yeah. are the two. You got Hammer and the Drum, which here I forgot come, about. Here Come the China Boys. That's oh, another one. Wow, this is so... I lived in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, me too. There was like three radio stations. I didn't pay much Because I couldn't get CITR. So there's three radio stations. <laughs> you could have got CITR. Really, you couldn't get no, CITR? No, I couldn't get CITR. No, not North Delta. Yes, you could. I lived in North I know you did, but you lived in a different area of North Delta. I think because I lived on the hill, I had like a clear, I could see. You could get it at the high school that we were at. That's right. You couldn't get it at my house. Oh, interesting. So you're just too far away from the. Something. Maybe something was blocking it. It was yeah, a very, yeah. you know, tender, tender uh, it was signal. A, it was not the strongest signal in the world. And I think just because 
we had the entire flat landscape of of Delta and then Richmond between us. We could see the shimmering spires of UBC. This was the UBC uh, college radio station. Yeah, it was a college radio station. So they played cool music. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to go there. And occasionally I'd be interviewed by Nardwar. That's nice. That was nice. That was fun. Um, I went there. I worked there for a little bit, but it was hard for me because I lived uh, about a four-hour bus ride away back and forth. Yeah. So I was really, <laughs> it was really taking my life yeah. just to go and do something very minor there because, you know, I wasn't a student. I was pretty young when I want, like I was still a teenager and was, you know, not that I was looked down on, but they weren't really like, hey, a teenager wants to work at a radio station. <laughs> Let's give them the Friday slot. So, um, I, uh, I went there a few times and what was interesting was looking through their, their music library because they weren't sent things by, by record labels at that time. I imagine eventually they were, but it seems like they purchased a lot of the records that were there. Mm. And so they were like intentional records that they had in their record library. And so it was interesting to look through it and then see like early Prince records. And you're like, oh yeah, I guess Prince wasn't played on the radio until 1999 came out. Well, who would be buying those uh, those records? Like the the station manager would be like given s- money to buy records. Yeah, to go like and there, buy records. There'd be a records. set amount of of okay. you know when when you go to university you pay like a student fees and stuff like that. Yeah. And those support the clubs and I guess they also support the radio station. Yeah, and because they didn't, it was ad free. There was no ads. Right. But. So the re- so they couldn't get a deal with the uh, record stores and then mention yeah. thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe you could say thank you. But sure, you they could say thank you. But it would be most, most likely it would be labels who'd be sending stuff. And I think that happened later on. I think around the time of REM and stuff like that, record labels started recognizing the power of the college radio station to like act as a kind of a stepping stone into like the into more of the more commercial stations. So you so you worked as a kind of high school kid. There. Yeah. And then, like, later you worked at uh, the SFU radio station? I was at the SFU radio station because I could actually get on air there. Okay. Whereas I couldn't get on air at CITR. And the signal at the SFU radio station was less. It was even less. That's the, that right. That was like if, if I left the studio, yeah. uh, that's the end of it. That was the end of it. That's yeah. right. If you, yeah, 20 feet away from the doors of the yeah. studio, that was the end of the signal. Yeah. But still, you were playing records for people. Even if they didn't want you to, you're still doing it. Yeah, or in my case, doing little comedy skits. We did little comedy, little comedy skits as well. I wish we had more skill, to like more technical skill, because the show was fun, but it, editing the show was very painful. And then trying to like do the sound sound effects and stuff like that, no one like no one at the station knew how to like no. lay, layer sound or anything. No. So it, it was all very clumsily done, unfortunately. Yeah, you did what you could with what you could. Yeah. Uh, if we if we then saw what we now have mm-hmm. access to, we would say, <laughs> "Why does this show not have that?" Yeah, yeah, that's true. We would go like, "You live in the it's year two thousand twenty-three. Yeah, you can't even take that opening the Coke sound out." <laughs> sound I added that sound in so people know. It. So yeah. Coke will keep sending us Coke because, of course, we drink a lot of Coke when we do the show, and Coke is really delicious. Let me have some right now. <laughs> Went down the wrong way. <laughs> Take the cigar out of your mouth Ugh. first. That's, That's your problem. Should have done that. Let me add another sound effect. That was the uh, the old Stinkola cigar that I smoke. Stinkola is the best cigar out there. One of the finest. Was it a bouquet? Is that what they have? I don't sure. Know, I, don't know about. I don't know. I got to subscribe to Cigar Aficionado magazine. <laughs> to be honest, nothing. 
There's very few things more disgusting to me than cigars. Yeah, yeah. That's the amazing thing about Groucho Marx that I don't give enough credit for. Yeah. Is doing comedy while smoking a cigar. <laughs> Holy cow. Have yeah. you ever smoked? Jeez. I've done it. <laughs> I've never. I've done it just for the propness of it. I don't like Because it is fun when you're telling a joke to take the cigar out of your mouth yeah, and go, yeah. and I'll tell you, and it's a good gesturing tool. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's a... Uh, yeah. Not nice. Ima- imagine if... Yeah, God, could you imagine if cigarettes and cigars uh, tasted good? <laughs> I mean, that's a problem, I think, with vaping, mm. is from what I assume. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's flavored and sure. it's delicious. It's yeah. like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. The whole thing is it, uh, it's terrible, <laughs> uh, but you, you know, you get a nice little kick out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, it shouldn't also be good. No way. That'd be like if alcohol tasted good. Could you imagine? Yeah. If scotch was delicious. <laughs> it's not? No. I think it's it does a jo- It does the job. Yeah. You know, it it has an effect. Yeah. You know, uh, and you know, if you if you don't mind that effect on your tongue, eh, you enjoy it. You'll go like, hmm, this is a <laughs> whatever you say, smoky, malty. <laughs> it's oaky. It's got a certain. I got to say, when I do drink drink drinks, sometimes, yeah, yeah, it does make you feel like, oh, I'm an adult and stuff, I'm very adult. I'm having a nice drink. And there we go. Yeah. And I'll tell you about how about this uh, society? <laughs> oh, and the economy. Don't get me started on the economy. Oh, it turns you boring. <laughs> yeah. How about that? That's terrible. Mm-hmm. No wonder mm-hmm. I didn't uh, do, do those things. Yep. Yeah. I had some friends who would start, who started like becoming partiers, but they just seemed to like make us not friends anymore, really. Right. Because they're, 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 um, they're, whatever priorities changed like things that were important to them changed you know so what is the okay this is me being a rube yeah i've I've, i have been invited to parties and occasionally i've gone okay all right but you know uh you tell me what's the fun thing about a party i have no idea i've never i like going i like talking to people yeah yeah but here's the interesting thing yeah i can do that outside of a party situation (laughs) i can go and it's quieter i can go to dinner with people Mm -hmm. and we're all sitting around a table and then there's food and you can order the food. It's not even the party situation where yeah. you're a slave to the food that's in front of you, uh, and you got to carry a plate, and you're not at a table, and it's weird. You, they, you're comfortable, yeah. and uh, and you're sitting, and you can see everybody, and unless there's music playing too loud, yeah. you can hear it. Whereas a party, there's music playing, and it's too loud, uh, <laughs> and you can actually hear the people that you like. I why? Think, why the party? Why the good? What's the thing yeah, about the party? I think. Well, it, you know, because you're trying to have sex with someone else. Oh, it's that kind that's, of thing. That's where you're having a party. But I think, like, okay. I think movie parties have have it best. Like they they understand like what a party should be because they have like alcohol, which is important, right? And everyone's dancing to a different song. Everyone's dancing to. No one knows what song they're dancing to because they haven't chosen a song. That's yet. right. So it's just all random, it's a random motion. Yeah. But also, they'll have a swimming pool. Uh huh. Like every time you go to, a, and a guy will jump off the roof. There's, there's a, anytime there's a movie party, there's gonna be a swimming pool there, and then they'll also have like beer pong or maybe like a pool table. Yeah. And that's good too. Like you have to have like different activities in different parts of the house, right? You know, so you have your like place where people are sitting around talking. Yeah. If there's a video game, it's uh, it's Call of Duty, and that's it. Call it's of Duty. It's always just a bunch of guys around yeah. playing whatever the gun game is. Nothing. No one's ever playing like Mario Wonder. Okay. I've no never, one's ever playing. Animal I've never Crossing. seen them playing a video game. In oh, a movie. I have. I've seen okay. that, and that's kind of you know. There's like a couch and everyone around going, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that. <laughs> and it's okay. sponsored, by the way, by PlayStation. Sure, sure. They threw a couple of bucks at, at that film. <laughs> um, well, naturally. But then, uh, yeah, so then you have like these various activities 
that if you were like a party goer yeah. and you're like a good party person, you could go from area to area yeah. and meet dif- different friends. If you're 24-hour party people. And, that's right. Uh, oh, man. That's, I can't remember the Happy Mondays album anymore now. It was 24-hour party people, Plastic Jeep, and something other. Something I just another, know the movie. Current Smile. Okay. I don't know why I spelled current smile. I have no idea, but that's, mm. I have to look it up now. But anyway, so <laughs> you go, you'll go from, you'll go from place to place and you'll talk to your friends. And so you go and from, I do the like part, the, from the party, party of the first part to the party of the second part to the yeah, party yeah, yeah. of the third part. That's exactly yeah, right. right. And you will, and I think, and I think that you'll, um, you know, like I'm just, I'm assuming that you're a good party person. Like you're not shy, not a wallflower. Okay. You know, somebody wants to go stand in a corner. But you, you know, when you see people, you're like, oh, there's some friends. I'll go over and talk to them for a bit. Oh, there's someone I know. I'll go over to that person right. and talk to them a bit. Oh, I'll get, I'll get in on the game here. I'll get in on the beer pong or I'll right. get in on the pool or whatever's happening. And I, mean, I think that ideally that's like your best party, you know. But my experience of parties, because my part, the parties I went to as a teenager were like teen parties. And so they're always in the basement and you never left the basement because the parents are upstairs. Yeah. And then, you know, there was music playing, but it was very loud. And some people were dancing and other people were like sitting on couches. And it just seemed kind of, it didn't seem to have like yeah. enough going on to make I'd, it Like I'd, I'd be smooching or I'd be a wallflower. Yeah. So, you know, and I think maybe even smooching was just, you know, because I needed just something to do. And, uh, and I'd end up with a girlfriend for like uh, uh, two months. <laughs> well, that's something. I mean, that's what you wanted out of it. Was it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about two months, but it's about two months. It's about two months. I'm not saying that you were making the best choices. I'm just saying that's what you wanted out of it. Was it? It was just something. <laughs> it was something to do, and you know, you know, it was it was definitely pleasant. I'm all for smooching. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was just like I got nothing else to do here because I wasn't like really a drinker or anything. So you know, once you've been around and and gotten some laughs and talked to people, then what what what, what am I doing here? Okay, hey. Mm-hmm. All right, so, so Happy that, Mondays. that Happy Mondays album uh, title is Squirrel and G-Man, 24-Hour Party People, Plastic Face, Can't Smile, Bracket, Whiteout, and Bracket. Okay. That's the full title of it, which I had, but I, I actually sold it because I didn't, didn't like it very much. I was not a happy... But then I kept... For some reason, I bought that album, and I thought, it's not that great, but people kept telling me how great they were, so then I bought like an EP, the Hallelujah EP, and I didn't like that either. Too much, but I liked it more than the first album, so I still have I still have that one. But I, I uh, sold my my CD. Hey, of the... Speaking of your records, are yeah. they in your basement yet? Yes, they are. But unfortunately, uh, I don't know what happened. Well, I think it's a case of my bad my bad um, cabinet making. Because I think I the way I did the dra- the drawers uh, when I put in the drawers for the CDs, I must have like not put them in. Equal, like equally so all the doors were the same mm-hmm. and so basically i like custom made the door like each door of the drawer like whatever the face of the drawer and so when they put it all back together they didn't know what the heck i was doing i don't even know what i was doing either so they're all like a mess oh and so, the, so i can't even open them right now so i'm gonna have to do some some work uh, i was looking for um, a cd the other day and i couldn't open the drawer and i was like oh this is uh not good so yeah there's, there's a lot needs to happen Unfortunately, I think where I am in my life right now, I have like this giant block in my life, which is called our bathroom upstairs. Okay. And so it's really like... Have you tried fiber? <laughs> it's really it's really eating <laughs> up my like... Colon? Morale. Oh, sorry. 
my morale, I yeah. guess. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah, gotcha. it's such a, like, over, it's like a, such a Damocles sword hanging over my head. Gotcha. That I feel like any other thing I want to do, I shouldn't be doing because I really should be, like, doing stuff for the bathroom. Okay. And so it's been, it's a thing. It's a treat. But anyway, I have made progress. I've made some, I've made progress. I've, I finally got the drywall pretty good. I'm not going to say good. I'll just say pretty good. Okay. It's acceptable. My mom will make comments about it, obviously, but other than that, well, it's, yeah. it'll be fine. She'll, she'll make comments about everything. <laughs> yes. From what we've heard. But I'd yeah. rather that she make comments and then I'm just like, it's not justified. But if she makes comments and I'm like, oh, she's right. Those corners are terrible. What were they doing? Uh, but, you know, that's going to, that's just what's going <laughs> to, that's where I am right now. When I look at the corners of the, I don't know, why can't I do the corners? Oh my God, they're terrible. Oh. But anyhow, just don't look at the corners, everyone. If you come to my house, just look straight ahead. Yeah. Or just straight, like straight at the wall beside you, but don't look up at the ceiling, along the edges, or around the corners. Have you thought of maybe having a rounded house? <laughs> never have to worry about the corners. Have any corners? But that sounds equally complicated. So I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, maybe that's way to go. But I, ha- I am like next. Next phase is actually floor tile. I got the floor tile. It's sitting at home. I'm, gonna, I'm hoping I'm going to be able to do it this weekend because we have a long weekend. It's the Rem- Remembrance that's Day weekend. Right, yeah. And so... Uh, when is Thanksgiving in the States? November 17th, isn't it that? Okay. Something like that. I think it's like the week after we have yeah. November Day, they have... They have uh, then we'll start having... They have Thanksgiving. We have uh, pseudo Black Friday. Pseudo. We have pseudo Black Friday sales. Okay. Yeah. That's what we have. Because we don't... It's kind of like if the States have Boxing Day sales, which some do, like some some cities along the border have Boxing Day sales. And you're like, you guys don't have Boxing Day. Why do you have Boxing Day sales? Same thing. We don't have Thanksgiving now. Why are we having Black Friday sales? That's a fair point. You, you know, know why? Because people make money. Here's here's what I think people should have for houses now. When I was talking about the rounded house, like I like the idea of uh, a, a round house. Yeah. That's fun. Uh, but like, uh, have you seen that Las Vegas sphere? The big sphere in Las Vegas. Sphere. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is it like the movie? Uh, it's like they can project all, anything video-wise on the outside. If you haven't seen it, it'll blow your damn mind. Okay. It's like in the center of Vegas. It's one of the most amazing things in the world. Okay. Uh, yeah, you got. that's what houses should be now. They, we should all live <laughs> and kind of look like igloos. Uh, but but you could then like put whatever video front on it that you want and yeah. make it look like anything. And uh, yeah, it'd be nice. And you could do that with the inside too. So no more uh, painting or wallpaper. Just like, what do you want today on your walls? That click, boom, there, it's done. And everyone would be happy. And then we'd all go, hey, you're living in the future. Good for you. But no, you got to see this uh, Las Vegas fear thing. It's uh, whoa. Yeah. Okay, now we're living in 2023. So it's it's like Las Vegas's version of the of the bean, that Chicago bean. No, it's a giant globe. <laughs> That can project anything on the outside. And so sometimes it's a giant basketball. Sometimes it's the earth. Sometimes it's the moon. Uh, right now it's a cat because it, or a flurkin from the Marvels. Uh, that's walking around now. And uh, if you don't expect it, it is uh, both beautiful and terrifying and shocking. It, it's so dreamlike, it's ridiculous. Huh. Yeah. I'll have to take a look. You After the show, I will show you a video of it and you'll go, woof, holy cow. <laughs> Yeah. You've never been to Vegas, right? No. Neither have I. Not my bag. My family goes consistently. Yeah. And so I need to at some point go. It's some people's bag. I like lights. Mm. I don't like gambling, but I like lights. Yeah. And I'm sure there's some entertainment there that I like. And, sure. uh, you know, you is that Beatles show still there? Love is still going on. Okay. Good you, for love still going on. You could also, you know, show up when Penn and Teller are in town doing their, their residency yeah. at that whatever hotel they're at there. 
Uh, more importantly, you could drive out of the city and go to the Grand Canyon. How far away is it? I think it's like a, a couple hours. Okay. An hour, a couple. I'm not too sure. But uh, it's it's reasonably close. Yeah. If you and want to, you be... can just drive a little bit out yeah. of the city and die of thirst. If you want to, because it's a <laughs> desert. That's your thing. Yeah. Get bitten by something and then uh, just die in the desert. Yeah. And go like, hey, this is like, you know, if I made the mafia mad, like in the uh, 60s. If I uh, did a joke about Frank Sinatra and my yeah. stand-up act. Hey, get that full stand-up feeling. By the way, uh, I know we've talked before about how uh, Cliff Nesteroff, uh, you know, uh, in in his book about comedians, uh, yeah. talked about the origin of, of stand-up. Yes. And how it's a, a mob thing. Uh, but what I didn't realize, because, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, he's a stand-up guy because that's a mob term. Okay. But you know where the term a stand-up guy comes from? No. A stand-up guy is uh, uh, comes from a boxer because a boxer who was like someone you could rely on oh. was a stand-up boxer because he's always be standing. Okay. And okay. you can trust him like at the end of the fight. He's standing up. Yeah. So he's a stand-up boxer. And mm. then that went to stand-up guy and that went to stand-up comedian. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So that's where the origin of that uh, thing comes from. Interesting. So we got to have Cliff on the show at some point. Yeah, yeah. So the idea of a, so a stand-up comedian, I always thought it was just because you were standing up at a microphone, but it doesn't make any nope. sense because even before that time, like comedians who were basically stand-up comedians like Jack Benny or Fred Allen, who were, who were, whoever, mm-hmm. were just comedians. They weren't called stand-up comedians. No, they were more like an MC or someone you know had kind of a loose thing. But it they was, had an act. They went out on stage and they did an act. Yeah, they do know. monologue. They do. Uh, yeah. They tell jokes. Yeah. Uh, they do some character-based comedy as well. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Fred Allen, yeah, had a few a few gags in his act. He was, I think, one of the first people to do like the falling apart ventriloquist dummy. Oh, is that right? One and stuff like that. Yeah, that was. Yeah, it's interesting. Like it's interesting to think that, like W. C. Field started as a juggler and a very mm. proficient, really good juggler, like an amazingly good juggler. And then he got more. His patter became more important than his uh, than the juggling. But he's still, yeah, interesting. Yeah, he evolved. It's uh, and also there's yeah. lots of jugglers, but there's the no, thing, yeah. there's no one who's there's, him doing the pattern. There's no W. C. Fields, yeah, with that particular voice, you know. I'm I'm reading uh, mm. Jesse David Fox book, uh, comedy book, and so it does talk about the origin of comedy and comedy in okay. like every capacity. I didn't realize the uh, the difference between vaudeville and burlesque until uh, you know I read that, which I, <laughs> I always thought was like a little more blue the burlesque stuff, but mm. I didn't realize vaudeville shows were family shows. Yes, yes, yeah. And promoted that way, and and also kept to a very high standard by the by the office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, and you know there was stage managers at every theater that kept an eye on your act to make sure you weren't going blue in your material or weren't weren't saying stuff that was a little too uh, uh, adult. Otherwise, you were out out of the circuit. So, would they play the same types of theaters, or were there? And I'm asking you a question now that I should probably have learned from the book. Uh, but, you <laughs> Burlesque know, and vaudeville? Yeah, would they play they the were same dif- theaters? They were different places. Because the... Smaller theaters for Yeah, Burlesque? they would have been thought smaller, kind of a smaller, I know in New Westminster there's a couple of vaudeville theaters, mm. and some of them actually still remain there. Yeah. Uh, the first girlfriend I ever had, who I met at a party, and I was bored, and we started kissing, and that was my first girlfriend. Um, mm. uh, she was an assistant for Mandrake, the magician. Okay. Who, you know, it's questionable... Which came first with the whole Mandrake thing and the comic <laughs> strips, and we can get into that another yeah. damn time. Yeah. But he used to do the vaudeville uh, circuit, mm. uh, and uh, and yeah, he would point out, you know, to her in when they were New Westminster. Oh yeah, I performed there. That was one of the biggest theaters. This was one of the biggest theaters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, here in Vancouver, we we have the Orpheum, 
mm-hmm. which is, was part of the Orpheum circuit. So there was Orpheums in every city on the West Coast. So would that be full for a vaudeville show, like the Orpheum? Would that be full? Yeah. I mean, yeah? Who, yeah what wow, else, that's something. What else was there to do? <laughs> I don't I don't know. I, mean, I don't know like what... The only thing wh- to compete against it was silent films. And they did, would play silent films as part of the vaudeville package. Mm-hmm. There'd be like a, a... They would often show well, here's what silent I, films. Well, here's what I don't understand about, you know, like things like that in the past. Like, would people... Uh, okay. So, would there be really big like hit uh, movies and vaudeville performers that like this person's coming to town oh boy let's all go see it or would people just it's saturday we always go to the movies because this is what it always sounds like mm-hmm. whenever you hear people talk about yeah. me and my mother would go to the movies and every movie we go to the picture show and we watch yeah. it all and it didn't ever seem to be like but what's playing who cares <laughs> you're going to the picture show yeah uh you know like no, you'd i be think watching people, no no people yeah. cared about People yeah, cared. it's sort of like now, you know, did you watch TV yeah. that last night? Of course I did. I have a TV. Why wouldn't I watch TV? Yeah. You know, I just wondered yeah. if that, that was, was a, there was a star driven time. So, yeah, there were vaudeville stars. There were, you know, vaudeville artists who were highly, highly, highly paid. Yeah. Would there be someone who would like sell out the place yeah. and then the next week it's someone who people don't know. So not as many people go. Mm. Or is it just we're going to the vaudeville show? What are you going to do? Not yeah. do that? Sure. But there'd be people that you wouldn't see because they would be signed solely to like the Keith circuit. And so they would almost be only on the on the okay. East Coast doing their doing their act and stuff like that. And very rarely would they, you know, like the Marx Brothers, when we talked about the Marx Brothers, and, and um, we did uh, Totally Marx. I don't remember the show. What was it called? Full Marx. Full Marx. You should listen to the show <laughs> totally sometime. Totally Marx. Um, we did Full Marx. Um, completely Marx. Completely Marx. When we did that, we talked about... Marx Splainers. We talked about the fact that they did... They often worked in the Keith circuit, but they'd often get kicked off the Keith, Keith circuit because they would also do the Pantages on the West Coast or they would do smaller circuits in the South. And so... And Keith... Keith Circuit wanted their artists to be, well, they wanted a monopoly of like the sure. best people. They and were so they real yuck yucks. And also the Marx Brothers would also do like independent productions where they would just tour as a, as an ensemble with their company and just book into theaters where they could, you know, and, and do it that way. And they did really well doing it that way. Mm-hmm. But so they tended to get around more than a lot of other people did, you know, and, you know, you would, you know, you, you might you might have like a Jack Benny come around once every three years if you're on the West Coast because he wouldn't come here that much because there wasn't that much for him to do on the on the right. West Coast as verse you know compared to what he was doing on the East Coast at that time. And what and again, there's no way you you would know this, or maybe there would be. Uh, so Jack Benny comes to town; he's a big star. Yeah. Uh, does the show's price go up that week, or is it a whole consistently? No, the same I think amount? it was a consistent. You paid the same for the package okay. you got. Yeah, yeah. And so whether it was W.C. Fields who came or Burns and Allen or whatever, I mean, it just depended. Like, and of course, there were singers, there were dancers, there was sure. musicians, there was acrobats. There was like a whole package that would play that night, you know. So, and would they all be touring or would uh, yeah. some be local? No, that was the okay. tour. Yeah, there were touring groups. And so, yeah, they wouldn't pick up any local talent. I don't think so anyway. It doesn't make sense because it was all central booking, basically. I wonder um, if they had the equivalent of open mic nights. Uh, well, they then. did, they did, but not at that level. No, no, of but that's not. where Fred Allen started. Yeah, I was just wondering, like, what would what would it be? Would it be like at a bar, or yeah. you know, yeah, where, where they perform, or wherever, like at a church, 
uh, wherever they so, could get a so, stage, wherever there was a stage, they could. So they would go like, it's an open mic night tonight. Yeah. Uh, sign up. Well, it wasn't like that. It was basically like you would, there would be like a talent agency and they'd be looking for, they would have like basically open auditions or open, right. you know, like we're looking for this, you know, come on down or whatever. So you would go down, you sign up and then they just send you out with other people to fill stage time at various places, whether it's. You know, they have, they booked a church, uh, they, like not a church, but like a hall. Yeah. Or they booked a bar, like a saloon or whatever, and, or a s- small theater, and you just do your act. Right. And you just work up from there. I guess there. my question, yeah, would be like, so you're a comedian back in the oldie days, you know, what do you do? Like, you go yeah. up and you're going to stink the first you're couple gonna of stink. times. You're going to stink, yeah, yeah. So if you stink it up twice, why would they ever have you back? Because you're, you're a body. Mm. And you're going to, all the audience is looking for our bodies, right? And they, on the expe- stage. and they realize that you're not professional. You're this is kind of amateur level, and yeah, uh, okay, yeah. here we go. Yeah, yeah. And then w- with Alan and WC Fields as well, before they even got like professional and wor- working in the vaudeville circuit, they both were were in Australia and did the Australian theater circuit mm-hmm. there, and that's where they both kind of honed their chops as performmers, and then came back to North America and then started to to make a name for themselves no, here. That's, in- that's interesting. Yeah. It's always strange to me, like when we're, we mentioned this before, but when we were in in Germany in like the early two thousands, um, stand up had just sort of started in Germany, like like a ten years before, like the way that we have it yeah. now. Yeah. And uh, and we were having dinner with like the most successful stand up com- comedian in Germany, mm. and it was like, oh, it was just really interesting hearing that this yeah. just is so new that it hadn't gotten around. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Culturally, it was also not really appropriate for you know, uh, Germans at that point, you know, that kind of thing of going up and just talking about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, man, what? No, <laughs> this was also the first guy who was able to like, uh, comedically represent Hitler. Uh, mm. so, you know, that was, that was pretty fresh. And you're like, really? Cause it seems like such a thing, you know, making fun of Hitler is, you know, since old timey cartoons, of course, you know. But only in America, not not in yeah, Germany. That's right. So they had, and so it was uh, that was all uh, brand new. I think new. they wanted it swept under the rug a little more. Yeah, we don't need to. We don't need to bring this up. Yeah, it's just su- it's it's too sensitive a topic to mm-hmm. uh, to, to to even joke about. And yeah. of course, that's not how things work. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, he was uh, the first guy to kind of do comedy. Uh, Hitler style, mm. Mel Brooksy Hitler style. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Now this book, I'm, this book I'm reading uh, does a nice thing differentiating, like off the top, how uh, difference between jokes and uh, comedy, as in stand up comedy. Sure. And you know, whenever you say you're a stand up comedian, the first thing someone does is usually say, "Tell me a joke," uh. and you're like, "Ugh." <laughs> and I was like, "That's not what is done." Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I, I didn't hear it like. He describes it well, and I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, of course, that's right. Uh, and he was uh, breaking down kind of what the three types of jokes are yeah. and what they're based on. So, and there's three things. There's one, there's uh, jokes about uh, superiority jokes, okay. which is, you know, hey, what did the dummy say about this? Okay. Uh, he said that. What a dummy. We're yeah. smarter than him. Or, <laughs> you know, that can be, uh, th- yeah, it's, sure. it's anything, you know, that you're, that you're better than. Yeah. Uh, there's incongruity, uh, which is, you know, this, that shouldn't be there. That's wrong. That's fish out of water. Something's wrong. Yeah. Uh, or too big or too small or whatever. And there's jokes based on that. Okay. And then there's, uh, the, uh, what Freud described as, uh, you know, one of the main reasons for comedy, which was it's the way to express the forbidden, you know, the vulgar. 
you know, you can talk about things in a joke that you couldn't bring up otherwise because, you know, it gives you some relief, mm. you know, at the end of it. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, you can talk about the forbidden topics. Mm-hmm. So it's those three things. But when you're doing stand-up, even though stand-up can touch on those things and play with those things, yep. play is the point of stand-up. Hmm. When you go to a stand-up club, it's play. It's back and forth. You're playing with the audience and you're having a good time. It's not, hey, folks, here's another joke. Yeah. yeah. A guy walks into a da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. And even if you are t- telling those kind of jokes, you know, I always think of like Dave Allen at large. Sure. And, you know, he'd just sit down and he'd tell a, a joke. Yeah. But in the course of the joke, he's definitely playing with the audience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and, t- and, and teasing them. There's and, a lot uh, of extemp- extemporizing during yeah. the... Yeah, or like Norm Macdonald telling, you know, the... Whatever. Yeah, he knows. Flight, he knows this joke. joke is going too long, and the audience knows this is too long. And, you know, he's he's goofing around. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. 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 Uh, and even when you know you're you're telling personal things from from your life, yeah, it's play. It's mm-hmm. back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and trust and what have you. But yeah, I always thought, oh yeah, play. That's what it is. It's not just tell a tell a straight out joke, and that's yeah. That's what uh, people don't seem to get when you say that. Sure. Well, that's a, that's different. Like, I know no jokes, and very few stand-ups I know no jokes because you've got no yeah. need for jokes. I do know jokes because yeah. I I know You're people. I mean, not not in the dad jokes, but I know like incredibly inappropriate jokes that I've heard over time. That, right. That I you know because I meet other people that go, oh, did you hear about you know umbogo or whatever you know like that? Oh, it's a real umbogo situation. Well, what's that mean? Well, let me tell you this joke, you know, which I'm not going to say on the show. Yeah. But it's, uh, you know, just things like that where it's, you know, it plays on, plays on a lot of things. But um, I was going to say, like, there's a difference between, like, stand, a stand-up comic and someone who's, like, a Toastmaster. You know what I mean? Like, someone who goes up in yep. front of and stands there and, and makes a couple jokes and then talks about da 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 You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's just a different thing going on there. One is, there's no interaction. You're right. There's no interaction between the audience and that person. You know, there's no... He's not pulling you in, pushing you back, you know, cha- you know, f- playing with your emotions and stuff like that, change- playing with expectations. It's just straight out, you know, a guy walks into a bar, da 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 punchline. Right. Or do you hear the one about such and such, da 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 And usually that reminds because, me of... Yeah, then the, and usually because there's something uh, that's going to be said or something's going to be done, and it uh, relieves the pressure of that. Yeah, yeah. And now everything, it's a little lubrication here, <laughs> and everything's going to go nice and smooth. Yeah, you yeah. Know. And now here's the president of the company to talk about layoffs. Yeah, yeah. Now, I have a couple of friends who are really good joke tellers, like really good sure. collectors of jokes and t- tellers of jokes, which yeah. I'm not a really a proficient joke teller, but I do like a good joke. Like there are, I do have like my favorite jokes, you know, that I will tell other people in private. Yeah. Because they're not jokes that you talk about in public. Mm-hmm. You just, between friends, you just tell these totally inappropriate jokes. And, you know, and I do kind of collect them in my head. And remember them and pass them on. Something something that's interesting is like um, when you're doing the stand-up-y type thing or even conversational at dinner, you know, mm-hmm. you're the kind of person who can who can make get some laughs at dinner. But sure. not not with like that reminds me of a guy with a funny neck who <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, but instead you're talking about the subject at hand and like exaggerating whatever playing around. Yeah, yeah. But when someone tells a joke joke, uh, and they it doesn't go over holy cow is that fucking awkward and does that person usually get mad and that it didn't go go well and whatever and it's because i feel like it's not a play situation yeah it's a 
All right, I'm putting myself on the line here. Yeah, yeah. All right, here we go, and da-da! This always kills. Everyone yeah, and loves I, this. Cricket, cricket, cricket. The guys at the office love this joke. And you've got nowhere to go, and mm. you're all you're all alone. If it was just a playful thing, and it's conversational, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can just move on to the next conversation yeah. thing, because this little wave didn't quite... You know, hit the shore mm-hmm. right. Well, that's the thing. And when, but suddenly that you are stopping the conversation in order to put it, put the spotlight on yeah, yourself. Look at me, everybody. And you're going to tell a joke. Whereas when you're, I'm going to juggle and I drop three balls. When the fa- when you're talking as a family together, making jokes and cracking each other up, you're, you all are part of the, you're all part of the same team or part of the same, yeah. playing the same thing together. You know, it's like it a, elevates a, everything. Yeah. Whereas when you just stop everything and you go, well, here, I'm going to tell you a joke, you know. Yeah. Which is why I never liked when, Lisa, used, when I used to, uh, she used to stop and make me tell my, uh, can't remember the name of the car now, but there was a Suzuki. Anyway, there was a car and I used to tell like a joke about like the, I told it on this show like a long time ago, I think on my birthday episode and back way back when. Okay. Lisa made me tell, I was probably, I think I said, this is the last time I'll ever do this story. <laughs> So I just made it it. And I'm going to erase my memory of this as well. Because it came about in the car. Like I was driving with the girls and I saw the car. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, that reminds me of the commercial. And I talked about the commercial. And I was just describing how bad the commercial was. And then I started pretending I was the guy. And, and you know, waking up early in the morning and not having any ideas because he was out drinking. And he gets up and he's now he's got a race to the office and he's a mess. And he has no ideas. And he just starts desperately, like, you know, just throwing anything against the wall to see what sticks. And, you know, and, but it's just like a conversation and we're all laughing and, ha- and enjoying it, you know. But then Lisa would like, we'd be having dinner with people and she'd be like, oh, Dave, tell the such and such story. <laughs> and I'd just be like, oh, it's, but it's the performance. It's not a, like this, you know, it's now, it's not no longer yeah. like a little thing yeah. in the car together. It's now I'm yeah. performing this little bit. It's the equivalent of bedroom jokes where like, you know, you're joking in bed and yeah. you make the other person laugh. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, that was great. And then the next day, I go, oh, tell that. No, because not to, it's inappropriate. It's just yeah. the context has been removed. Yeah, that's right. This yeah. makes no sense whatsoever now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, I would tell it, and people people would laugh. Sure, because it's a fun but story. But it's still not. But the, it's, it's it's not right. It's a performance. It's not. Yeah. It's not a conversation. Which is what yeah. you know what it should be. So yeah, I was never. But Lisa loved that story so much, so I just <laughs> had to do it. <laughs> Oh, you got to tell that story because these people haven't heard it before, and it's great. So, I'm like, okay. That's one thing that I. But even Mary would say she'd go like, "Dad, you shouldn't tell that story anymore because I could tell you're bored <laughs> telling it." And it's right. I did it so many times. I'm just kind of like, "Ugh, it's got to do this again." I would say that, that that a skill I do have is like I will re- I won't retain jokes, yeah. but I will retain good stories that people have. Mm. And if like you know we're at a dinner kind of thing, I will lead the person into telling the story. Mm. You know, that I know they've got this story yeah. and it's going to be all right. And I'm not going to set it up like it's a joke, mm. but I'm, but I know it's a good story that's going to go well and make this person look good right now. Yeah. So I'm going to just want to work my way to it and just like, you used to be at 7 Eleven, right? What, 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 would, what would you guys do with the meat at the end of the day? And it's like, I know this is going to play well with this room. This yeah. is going to play well here. Set them up. It sounds like we're having a conversation, but I would never do, hey, tell that joke about the frog uh, with a lisp. I don't want to tell the joke about yeah, the frog with a lisp. Uh, and also, you, you miss one part of the joke and it makes no fucking mm. sense. Have you ever done that with me? Because I'm sure I disappointed you. No, nope, I do it a lot. Okay. Yeah. Because that's the sort of situation people meet me and I immediately like crawl inside myself and don't want to. Don't I do it about probably three times a show. 
I guess that's true, but that's different. We're we're having a conversation. That's yeah, different. I know. You know, something. Some. Okay, here's the thing. Like, I know you. I you. When I said like you used to work at uh, you know CJIV or whatever yeah, the yeah, radio station. Yeah. I know you worked there. <laughs> of course, I know you I worked know. there. I know you. You know, and and but I but I also know that you probably have some stuff to say about it. Yeah, and it's going to launch into an interesting conversation. So I'll put it in question form mm. and be a bit of the dullard who doesn't quite remember like. Right. Speaking of UBC, mm. SFU, here we go, and blah, blah, blah. And that's how you fill three hours of the show. <laughs> Grist for the mill. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever worked with puppets, Dave? I know you've worked with puppets. I've done puppets with you. You and I have uh, been to uh, newspaper bum- bundles that may have been lovers, you know, in a recycling, <laughs> uh, you know, thing well. for kids. Yeah. Back when, <laughs> again, we were, I think, in high school. Yes. And it was a different time. We we enjoyed camp. Yeah, it was very campy. We enjoyed camp. We're not. We weren't making yeah. fun of anything. We were just. We, we dressed were another in the friend of ours tradition. up as a giant raccoon <laughs> called Ricky Recycle. Rocky Recycle. Uh, no, it was Ricky. Sure, it was Ricky. It was Ricky, it was Ricky. Oh, okay. Recycle. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. If it was if it was Rocky Raccoon, I think we would have had some problems. <laughs> Maybe. Once again, I direct you to one of our past podcasts. Involve the Beatles. <laughs> the Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like I like just in general I like making other people look good and I like setting them up for stories and and it, you know it's just it's just it's just something I like to do mm. and I think I've got a good awareness uh, you know when I'm at a table with people oh this will go over well with uh, this person this will go over well here uh, and this will probably you know connect these two because they've got this one thing in common yeah but you don't want to do it in a way that's just like hey you both da 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 you know just led leaden <laughs> you've seen people at, at you know yeah and, and you've also seen people at like you know dinner parties who you know have their three stories they will always tell over and over and over again with no uh again lubrication to get to jam them into the conversation <laughs> and uh, and and more often than not their stories where it's like look at me i'm gonna take up three to five minutes of your time now with this story and it's like oh boy here we go there's no back and forth there's just presentation it's linus telling you about jesus <laughs> lights please da, 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 da. i don't know i think that works really well as a as a segue in that movie or that show but well that's because no one knows what the meaning of christmas it's, it's is. less it, this, it's appropriate because everyone's going does anyone know the meaning <laughs> of christmas well linus does and so this is why you know. it's less appropriate in the, the uh, halloween special where he talks about the great pumpkin well, here's that what, feels really forced. Here's what I, I think would be a great deleted yeah. scene from uh, Charlie Brown, uh, which is like, you know, what's the meaning of Christmas? Does anyone know the meaning of Christmas? And uh, and Linus says, I do. And you just have Sally go up to him and go, okay, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> now, what I would need you to do right now is replace every mention of the great pumpkin with Jesus. <laughs> and it's going to go fine. But don't you... Don't you mention the great pumpkin? And it's like, but I don't believe it. Just replace every mention of the great pumpkin with our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, fine. And so he goes and does that, and it goes over very, very well. Linus is a true believer. Well, he can quote scripture and verse. He can literally, but also believes believes in a flying pumpkin. Which is, I watched the Halloween special this uh, this year. Holds up. Damn well, it holds up. It's so good. Yeah, it's so good. As you're an adult, you're going, why? Why do uh, people give uh, Charlie Brown a rock 
as a kid, you go, because that's adults. the thing. He's Charlie Brown. He's, 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 adults will give you a rock. <laughs> that's what Because there's neighbors who are sons of bitches, and they're going to give you a rock. <laughs> they they might not have known it was a rock. They might have thought they're giving him candy. It's Charlie Brown. He has a ba- a streak of of bad luck as long as his arm or yeah. my arm, even longer, perhaps. Uh, yeah. And then he finds out later it's rock candy. It's like, oh, okay, that was a thing back then. That's not so bad. Oh, and just the fact, this what really makes that that cartoon is Lucy waking up in the middle of the night, going into the pumpkin yep. patch, collecting Linus, bringing him back, and getting him into bed, and getting a blanket on him, and he well, he's shivering, he's shivering outside, and she collects him, brings him in, and you know, and puts him in. Yes, yeah, she calls him a blockhead, but still, yeah, the love is there. She loves him. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. There's a, yeah, there's absolutely no uh, situation of like the parents giving. You know, damn one about any of their kids. <laughs> yeah, because we we grew up in the seventies when we know it was like. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, it was uh, it was really good. It's and the good music show. is awesome. Well, yeah, that uh, Vince Guaraldi is. Yeah, you is fantastic. know that. Yeah, it's even jazzier than uh, the Christmas one. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like they do have the Linus. What's funny is they have Linus and Lucy in an appropriate way. It's because it's Linus and Lucy walking to the pumpkin patch to collect a pumpkin. And then walking back again, it's playing that playing Linus Lucy for that sequence. And you're like, well, that's this is the song is describing what we're seeing, so that's really good. Uh, yeah, I know it's uh, it's very very good, very good. I watched the Thanksgiving one for our Thanksgiving, and I was less impressed with it than I was when I watched it as a kid. Okay, yeah, it feels a little. It, it starts to become what the specials became. Yeah, yeah, it feels a little more diffuse, and there's not there's not. What's nice about the Christmas one and what's nice about the Halloween one is the is the core of of love to them both you know there's like there's a you know whether it's the characters seeing charlie brown's you know fallen over tree that he's despaired of and they yeah. fix it up and sing around it you know or, or or lucy going out and collecting uh linus from the pumpkin patch the thanks thanks even when misses that heart you well know? i don't think it's got the emotions like yeah. just not even just like the heart of love yeah but like the stakes yeah you know whereas the you know christmas has its own stakes Mm, mm. uh and halloween you know it's like we missed freaking halloween uh and uh linus is so desperate you know (laughs) such a believer but yeah thanksgiving you know peppermint patty gets a little annoyed that the food isn't great and then gets kind of scolded about that and but otherwise, mm. who cares? What's, uh, you know, she really wants to celebrate. But you're not 100% sure of, like, it, uh, is, is it They because- should have made more of the cooking the dinner. Mm. Like, she should have been upset when she got there and they were making popcorn and stuff like that and not turkey. And then, you know, then every, you know, then she kind of gets brought into the group and they all work together to make make their, their dinner, you know. Yeah. would have been a little better. If I they think. had, you know, if they did have parents or something, there'd be, there'd be something to she doesn't she's kind of poor you know that's kind of a thing with peppermint patty she's they kind of hint that she's kind of from the poor side she's of the wrong side of the tracks yeah. a little bit yeah and so like this is like the time of year where she gets to eat well mm-hmm. and you know it's very important <laughs> and she's getting the garbage that she normally eats at home <laughs> probably <laughs> because you know she's broke so you yeah, eat yeah. what you, the scraps yeah. that you that you have yeah and uh she's she's upset about this but then finds out you know no the true meaning of thanksgiving and it's a little Mm. You know they're they're a little less uh, even though, even though they're very uh, it's hard to say they're not saccharine in the other ones they're just they're very sincere mm. in the other ones but in this one it's more and the lesson is <laughs> enjoy you know I be, guess. be grateful for what you have and blah 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 like mm. I think Thanksgiving is kind of a diffuse holiday anyway like it's hard like what do, 
We're being we're thankful. Okay. And we're having turkey. Okay. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. not much more to it, you know, like yeah. it's uh not like I Halloween, mean, which has like a whole kind of series of customs around it, or Christmas has a whole bunch of customs around it, or Easter has a whole bunch of customs around it. Those are easy to to make something out of, but it's hard to, to you know, like people you know, people ask you, What is Thanksgiving about? You're like, Well, that's a good question. What is Canadian Thanksgiving about? That's a good question. Just giving thanks because it's end of the growing season. So we're giving we're thankful for the food we got. It's a way of saying thank you, but yeah. In a un, you know, in a non religious culture it's hard to explain. <laughs> was Thanksgiving a big deal in your house when you were a kid? I felt like we we had it because it was the day, but it wasn't a day that we as kids were like, Oh boy, it's Thanksgiving. We you were know, I like stuffing. I like stuffing fine. For all my mum's weirdness she always was she always liked holidays and she oh oops someone's knocking the door okay someone's ringing the bell that was refresh your memories vicky van (laughs) all right my wife didn't unlock the front door Oh, so that's uh, hmm. that's how that went. That's fine. But sorry, your mom was. Uh, she she was good. always. We always did a lot of family things, so it felt like it was a big deal because we would get together with her fa- side of the family. So my aunt and my cousins and my my grandma, and later on my grandma and step grandfather. So that was always a thing. So we, you know, we'd always be at someone's house, whether my aunt's, sure. my grandma's, or our house. So it, it did feel like something was happening. It wasn't quite as exciting as Christmas. But we were getting Christmas-like food in the well, without turkey. the presents. But without the presents. That's it right. was it's like not quite Christmas like Christmas. Light. It was it's, like, it's right, you know, yeah. Christmas-esque. Yeah, you're getting... I mean, you know, as a person who likes to eat, uh, it was pretty exciting because I got to eat uh, food. So that was always exciting. Yeah, it didn't really have the before aspect because, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't opening presents. Yeah, yeah. And it didn't have the after aspect, which was playing with those presents. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the specials weren't really on. And there was usually <laughs> football or something. Yeah. And I didn't care for that. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, the food itself was mm-hmm. was nice. Mm-hmm. We didn't do a going around and, like, saying what we're thankful for or anything like no, that. No, we so. never. I mean, I grew up in a family that, like I say, we were, I wouldn't say my parents were atheists, but we were just, like, we were atheists in the sense of we were, my parents are indifferent to mm-hmm. theists, theism. <laughs> they're just like, they're, they're non-theists or whatever. They just it, didn't care. It feels like now when, when we have a, a Thanksgiving or a Christmas or something like that, mm-hmm. we actually talk about stuff. And in a way that uh, I certainly didn't when I was a kid. Like if I was my nephew and niece's age mm. and I was, you know, somewhere with like people that were my age. Yeah. We wouldn't be talking really about, you know, there'd be a bit of a, hey, what are you up to in school? How yeah, are those yeah, grades? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you keep up that hard work because hard work's what's how you work hard and, yeah. you know, yeah. society and, you know, whereas I feel like we actually talk to each other. and It's a different it's a different situation now. And again, I feel like you talk to your daughters in a way probably that you didn't get talked to by by your parents. Mm. But, you know, I'm just assuming. On yeah, that. yeah, yeah. No, my parents. You're sincerely interested in their lives. I am sincerely interested in their lives, but also we goof around a lot, too. Like, yeah. You know, we just have like big belly laughs at the table. And, and was that part of like which, when my, you were when you were a kid? We did that. I mean, my brothers and I were that way. Like, I, you know, I was a ringleader, obviously, but... I think I've talked about this guy before, who is a classic character at any dinner time, 
who this guy, you know, we'd always be like imagining what this guy would be doing if such and such happened, you know, and I would often get up and act it out and my mom would get all mad, you know, like enough of this guy, sit down and eat your food, <laughs> you know, but yeah, so we would, so we would, you know, there was like playful conversations and stuff like that, but yeah, you know, parents were different then. They weren't really, I don't know, it's weird, isn't it? Like, I wouldn't say my, I wouldn't say my parents didn't talk to us. It's just that the conversations were di- different. They were, they didn't feel like, it didn't feel like they were conversing with you. You're just being like talked to and then, you know, you couldn't really have like an opinion back at them or whatever, you know, or make some, make some sort of cogent argument. You know, that's not what they wanted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, dad, let me tell you, you're wrong to say that about, yeah, I'm wrong. I might get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> here help well, it I'm open to discussion. <laughs> that's about it. Nope. Uh, so yeah. And then there, you know, then there were, th- elements of of things that made dinner unpleasant my brother didn't like to eat vegetables so he would have to sit at the table for like an hour after dinner with cold vegetables sitting in front of him you know in order to to encourage him to eat his vegetables as if that's how it works yeah that's great (laughs) so it didn't work at all um he didn't like them when they were delicious how about now they're slimy (laughs) oh well now you're talking (laughs) so yeah no he was not a he's not a vegetable guy and um yeah so it was um it was this is just it's different. That, it was so it was so different. It fa- this is things that fascinate me. I mean, only recently did someone actually break down the reason to, to, for like why kids stopped being free range, mm. and it was because there was like something that was in the states where you know someone went on TV and went the amount of kids who are abducted each year is this amount, mm. and there and it wasn't that amount at all. Yeah. Close. It wasn't even <laughs> freaking close. Yes, but it so saturated the culture sure. that the idea of oh kids can't go outside. Yeah, they'll be grabbed in vans and they'll be taken away <laughs> and it was all bullshit mm. and there was no but there yeah. was no coming back from it no and so you know that's one aspect to the culture that just radically changed you know what it meant to be uh like a like a kid you know that uh going off and developing your own yeah you know stuff uh and personality and free range mm-hmm. um we have free range, range kids in our neighborhood but that's 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 yeah. that's great i i so I, free range they're allowed to go with lisa to in a truck to to a barn or to a barn. Let me put it in quotation marks. Barn. Yeah. She takes the kids. Parents don't know. They're not going with them. They didn't go and investigate what the barn's like before they let Lisa just take take their kids there. But so yeah, it just depends. Uh, but that's but that's unusual. But it I is. Think yeah. The, I think the other side of that might be where this closeness to the kids and you know comes from. Because you know maybe the kids were around more mm. and you, you were connecting with them more. And there's other pop culture things where you my know, kids think, were free range yeah they played uh, they were forced outside by their father good <laughs> and i mean mary and mary was not like an outside person at all i would often look out i'd be like get outside and play and she'd be like okay and then she'd go outside and i look outside later she'd just be laying on the grass reading a book which she could have been doing in her bed but i don't know i felt like it was better that she was it doing is. it outside and yeah it's better than... to read a book covered in ants <laughs> she's just be, she was happy you know and she was outside, so that was fine. But I know, it, I know she would also get roped into doing other things. So yeah, I know there's you know just a natural assumption to think of things like you know everyone thinks like we were the generation that invented sex, you know, <laughs> and it's like nope, grandma and grandpa were uh, were having it. They were sneaking off. Things were occurring, and somehow you guys yeah, yeah. came around. So uh, it wasn't just after marriage <laughs> they they started the engines rolling. Yeah, 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 you know. But I I do think there is you know a different relationship for sure between parents and kids you know or like you well know, there should be a different i mean there should be a different relationship between parents and kids I, as in like the, but i mean as in the previous generation oh yeah i would say so you know 
again, it was a surprise to me, and I keep bringing this up because it's always like, what? When I was having, uh, like, either it was a Christmas or Thanksgiving dinner at, at my mom's when she had, like, uh, the boyfriend before this. Yeah. And they, uh, yeah, the kids, you know, were there, and they were definitely being hushed by mm. the adults. Yeah. You know, when they were having fun and getting a little loud at yeah. some point where they're like, all right, all of you downstairs, get downstairs. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. why are they going downstairs? Yeah. And then they went downstairs and they were they started playing the piano and started singing. And they were like, I'm going to tell them to shut up. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> they're having joyful singing downstairs. They're, they're doing musical numbers. You're going to tell them to shut up? And I, I actually went down there at one yeah. point and just apologized for <laughs> like adults in general. They're doing the entire libretto of, of company. Come on. Uh, yeah, my dad's thing was always, uh, if we got rambunctious, it was like, take it outside and play it, play in the street. <laughs> yeah. Like, we'll play in the street. It's like, not in the yard? Not no. Not in the yard, no. In the street. <laughs> I want you run over by a car. Yeah, it's not, not enough that you're quoting your And too not noisy. this street. <laughs> One street over. One street over. Yeah, no, that's, that was always just like, oh, that's Put so on these mustaches weird. so no one will recognize you. Enough hostility, Dad. Yeah, no, I, it, uh, I think. Again, I might be wrong on this. It's always been the I same. I mean, I think it's, it's I, same I mean, as it ever was. You know, the problem is, of course, is we're we're you know me and you know we're, other people. We're cool. That, we're yeah, cool. it's that, we're but cool it's cats. We're swinging. Well, cats. cool in the sense that <laughs> cool in the sense that we're different than most other people. Like I'm not the same as the people I work with. You know, like I I'm different than them. I'm a different person than those than most of the people I work with. Okay, I, I you know never I mean? assume. I never assume that. So, but, okay. you know, like in terms of like what I'm interested in, the movies I watch, the books I read, the fact that I read books, those are all things that aren't really common in warehouse uh, personnel. Okay, you know, they're not they're not looking for French, uh, you know, new wave films. They're not interested in reading Anthony Trollope. They're not interested. You know, you know what I mean, like. Their, their intellectual curiosity stops a lot sooner than mine does. And that's fine. Everyone's different. But I just mean that when we're talking about this, we're really a, it's really a small sample group that we're drawing our experiences from of what, how parents treat their kids. I imagine if we drew the net wider, we would find a lot more experiences that are closer to what we experience as kids. I guess I feel like the people I know that have... I, I know a lot of people that don't have kids, and I yeah. know a lot of people that have kids. Yeah. Uh, but the people I know that have kids... Uh, really like their kids, mm-hmm. and their kids seem to be well adjusted. I mean, yeah. they still have, you know, every kid has. They're humans. They're humans. Things and, things occur, but it, but in general, it feels like the parents and the kids talk to each other, and yeah. it's not that. Whereas when I talk with people of my generation about, hey, how was it like with your dad? Oh, he was the scariest man in the world. <laughs> you know, you're so yeah. scared, and I, I don't think you know that the kids. Yeah. now have that kind of thing it's like if they really get into uh, tr- that we know of maybe because like once again our maybe. survey our survey is a really small and small again it's a cultural group. thing too yeah there's people definitely you know that are of different cultures that are kind of mixed in with my my family and they know other people of other cultures yeah and those cultures you know yeah there's you know <laughs> there you Parents don't want to get into trouble yeah. yeah yeah but just in general of people i know mm-hmm. it would be the kind of you know kids who would call their parents if they were in trouble you know it's like it's yeah. four in the morning i need a ride mm-hmm. you know i wouldn't fucking call my dad are you nuts well i did but i just got enough i gotta know of course you gotta know <laughs> can you come pick me up it's two in the morning and i there's no buses running no oh, yeah right. well that's that sucks for me i guess yeah find a sharp stick and uh, fend for yourself <laughs> but uh yeah it just feels it just feels a little different now yeah yeah no i mean I but I the thing, once again we're not we're not normal so 
Aren't we? We're not normal. No. What is normal then? I just mean we're we're not part of like the. We're just slightly different in the general population of people. I wonder. You know. Hmm. Okay. Not everyone's like us. Not everyone's like everyone else. That's just how life is. So I think if we like had a bigger sample group of of these sort of things, you'd find more kind of quote unquote. Maybe I shouldn't say, but more parents that parent in a moral fashion way you or know a different style. Who would style. be a good person to ask about this? Would be Lisa. It would be someone who teaches mm, yeah. and then gets exposed. But then Lisa teaches mostly Asian kids because yeah. she's, she's she teaches ELL. Yeah. So she, um, you know, her experiences with those parents is a lot different. You know, than and those parents are all and they're Chinese parents, so they're screwed up in their own way because they were only allowed to have one child at that time. Mm-hmm. For all these kids, were all born in the generation of kids that. Parents were only allowed to have one ch- one child. Yeah, that's you know? uh, so. Those parents were kind of fucked up too. So it's you know, not only you know, they were, yeah. No, even if they wanted to have like a big family, and they were always dreamed of having like lots of kids. They were allowed to, you know. So they're carrying their own burden. Uh, yeah, so that's different. Yeah, most most of my family members have a Chinese background as well. Mm. And yeah, they've got this. Yeah, you go back in the stories and woof, and like almost any, yeah any family member. You go back in the stories and oof, and uh, <laughs> Any, well, you're, getting, family, you're getting yeah. you're getting like a real taste of history, <laughs> and it's not good. It's not good history. Yeah. So you know, maybe one of the things you know with with us is we've had the freedom to be who we are for you know, and and do the things that we that we can yeah. that we can do, and thinking that that's normal, and uh, it's not. It's never been that normal to have <laughs> this much freedom and do those things, and but. Yeah, I think uh, well, I, we I, had freedom, but we had but um, we had freedom, but it, you know it was verging on neglect in some cases. Oh sure, you no, know? I'm again, I'm just starting. I don't up, think it was bad. I'm starting up in therapy right now, and I'm looking back on some stuff and going like, oh, that's why this and this and this and this and this. <laughs> so yeah, there's not. It's not like necessarily like a perfect world. Yeah, but, you but know. in some ways, I I feel like I was lucky in the time I grew up. You know, I. I did. I you know. I think anyone, anyone, anyone's anyone's childhood is great. It doesn't matter if you were, you had you know helicopter parents or whatever my parents were, parachute parents, whatever they were, parachute pants. They, yeah, they were parachute pants. Parents. <laughs> you got raised by MC Hammer. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, so I think that yeah, that colors colors your your feelings about those experiences. But I think that most child psychologists today feel that children are not getting enough independent playtime where they're allowed to develop social skills and even as imaginative skills like the ability to like play in the mud and create a world of mud you know the whether they're playing with construction you know the tonka toys in there or they're playing making mud pies or whatever kids want to do with that uh you know there's a we the kids our lives the kids lives are way too um you know scheduled and and observed observed and you know hovered over and they just they just don't get the opportunity to me, again, as an outsider looking at yeah. it, which is like privacy, mm. just like to be a, to be alone. Yeah, yeah, uh, well, yeah, or to be, yeah, and, or and be even, alone even with your alone friends. With friends, yeah, like, be alone with your friends to go romp around in the woods. You know, make mistakes, make mistakes, chop down ferns with your sword, whatever you whatever you want to do. You know, like play imaginary games, be astronauts on a planet that no yeah, one's seen. I've got I've got uh, young family members right now who have Instagram accounts. Yeah, and occasionally you'll see what they're up to. And it's like, oof, that's uh, that's slightly <laughs> worrisome. But again, it's like these are the dum dum years, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, mm-hmm. I I was uh, did dum dum stuff during that time because yeah. it's your first time being an adult. You've mm-hmm. got no practice to this. Mm-hmm. You're just learning how to do it. Yeah. And, uh, and 
And mistakes, wor- and mistakes are important parts of life. Right, you know, but like- if the mistakes then are recorded, that's the thing. The mistakes <laughs> are recorded, and you're publicly sending your mistakes out to yeah, everybody, yeah, yeah. and you're getting judged by people you've never, ever met. <laughs> oof, I don't know what that... Uh, I'm yeah, saying I can't imagine. Lot. I can't imagine what that's like, but... Uh, I mean, though it was everything I wanted back then, we were wanting to be seen, we were yeah. wanting to do radio shows back yeah, then, yeah, yeah. we were wanting to do videos, and, yeah. you know, if I had the technology... I don't know, maybe that would have been nice. It was like I was sure. I was always like just I was just uh, there right before the technology showed up like in the schools and whatever that I was at. Like when I went to Douglas College, they got a television department like mm. about a year after I left. Okay. And it was Perfect. like fuck. Perfect man. timing. Perfect timing. I mean, this would have been the time to learn mm-hmm. how to do all those things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it would have been nice to have uh would have been nice to have that because, you know, for for however brilliant whatever comedy team you want to mention whoever you want to mention whatever brilliant comedy team or brilliant comedy comedian or whatever and a really important part of that person was the people the technical people behind them who created the environment for them to be able to do what they did whether it's ernie kovacs with all his his optical trickery and stuff like that you know that wasn't him that was the editor that was the director those are the people who are making his ideas a possibility you know if those people couldn't do what he dreamt of then it wouldn't have we wouldn't remember those characters, you know, like, uh, you know, someone who's doing on television in the 50s, a uh, gunfighter getting shot through the middle of him and you'd be able to see through him, yeah. you know, and stuff like that, which were like almost impossible tricks at that time. But because he had this incredible technical cr- crew through pure happenstance, because his show was just a put together thing, uh, basically just a, a, I don't even know what you describe it. It was like a variety show almost. Yeah. But that had no like real like structure structure to it you know and so no spine to the show and everything that and anyone who and all people worked on it were just people who happened to work at the station where the show was made yeah you know but through happenstance they were skilled enough to be able to do all these magical things yeah and that's the same for everyone whether it's buster keaton with the incredible editors and and cameramen and set designers and stuff that he worked with, or Mystery Science Theater, Mystery Science Theater, a yeah. small cable company. They just <laughs> happened to uh, or cable station. Yeah, they had all these movies there that were like, yeah. you know, all right, let's just play them. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be a person talking and making fun of the movies. Yeah. Wait, we're going to make it a little better now. Now yeah, yeah. someone's got the skill to make this <laughs> technically better. Yeah. Now here's a little better. Now a little better. A little yeah. better, and yeah. then it becomes its own thing. Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, it's just everyone. It doesn't matter who who they are, whether. It's the Marx Brothers. I mean, of course, there's the native talent there, you know, that's there. But if it was ineptly presented, it just we would not remember the Marx Brothers mm-hmm. because their movies sucked because they were badly directed. They had bad writers. They were in the in the know. case of Mystery Science or even something like SCTV. Though mm-hmm. uh, one of the nice things was the the room for like that first season or two to just like smash against the walls and get it wrong <laughs> yeah, yeah you know and and not be their full selves and yeah. then as you if you compare that to like five years later it doesn't even seem like the same I mean, show there's still great stuff in those in those early seasons the babe ruth sketch and stuff like that are fantastic. right you yeah know. i assume so, that's I, think, I assume that's probably from the stage show that that feels stage stage like maybe yeah maybe but it's it's still you know there's still like good good quality stuff happening and enough that I happily watched it as a kid and didn't didn't go. Oh man, I wish. Oh, well, you don't I know wish what's in coming five later. Years it was but again, it's also all right. Let me give this example: The Simpsons. Sure, you know, and it's. I love it's, the first season, but okay. I'm talking about the shorts on the Tracy Ullman show. 
Oh, okay, yeah, that's very basic, yes. Very, very basic, yeah, but yeah. they had enough room to get the voices and mm-hmm. then some characters. Yeah, and, yeah. You but know. that's a good example. Like that's... You see the first one, and they're all in bed together in mm. their day clothes, <laughs> and they're, and, you know, it's like, yeah, it's good enough. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. where, and they had, you know, the space to, like, mess around. But that's a good example of where, like, that show is mostly, like, the voice talent of that show is people who just happen to have been sure. on the Tracy Ullman show. They weren't hired to be the voices for The Simpsons. They just were the voices for The Simpsons because they were on the Tracy Ullman show. But on the Tracy Ullman show, she hired amazing actors. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was such an amazing cast. And again, you're going like, well, the amazing cast would do well anywhere. The Tracy Ullman show didn't do well. Yeah. Uh, but it was the same cast, these mm. amazing voices, amazing yeah. people. Yeah. Uh, and then we're going to put some real, let's say, not great animation together with those voices. <laughs> oh, it's still, yeah, it's all right. And then it'll become the most successful comedy show, you know, ever. Yeah. I'm like, okay. But again, you had that room at the beginning to go bang, smash, cling, clang. All right. Now, here we go. I guess. But also you had, you know, you just happen to have some of the greatest comedy minds of that time period coming to work on The Simpsons, you know. Eventually, yeah. But, the, the you know, Conan didn't start off on the on the show. He came yeah. in, a, you know, a couple of seasons later sure. and Bill Oakley yeah. and some of the, you know, you watch you watch some of the early episodes and they're, they're all right, but they're well, definitely fine I in really, their legs. I really like, I really like them. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, I did, t- I did some too. Some of my favorite episodes are from that time period, you know, the Homer buying a motorhome and... Uh, the uh, going to the family therapist with the the shock chairs and I think those are all really good. Homer's uh, depressed and he's going to go kill himself. I don't remember that one, but okay, okay. that was that. That's the premise of that. Yeah, episode? he was. Uh, that was the premise of the episode. He was <laughs> had a rock tied around his neck and he was going to throw it, <laughs> which was borrowed from what other animated series? Was it borrowed from an animated series? I was thinking because yeah. it's from uh, Harold Lloyd Silent, where he throws a rock into the water and it's not deep enough to pull him in. Oh, okay. That's from a Harold Lloyd. It was also thing. from a Flintstones episode where Barney oh, okay. was going to commit suicide okay. with, again, noose around his neck, yeah, tied classic. to a rock, yeah. same with Homer, yeah. uh, throwing it into the water. Yeah. And it was not deep kill. enough. And yeah. I think it was because he couldn't have a baby. Okay. I think it was because Barney really wanted to have a, a kid with oh. a... Betty, but they couldn't conceive. Mm. This was a story on the Flintstones, <laughs> and uh, remember and, that show was intended for adults, not for kids. Yeah, and uh, and then they they found Bam Bam, but then Bam Bam was being taken away from them, and mm. so I think that's why oh, okay. Barney was going to kill himself, He's if I'm remembering despairing. it correctly. Barney, yeah, but yeah, they just lifted that method of suicide. <laughs> uh, you know, like I say, Harold Lloyd did it first, or did it then? He was the first to record it on. Uh, sure. You know, it probably existed as a joke before that, and yeah, in some uh, magazine or whatever. You know. Maybe at a dinner conversation, someone made that joke. Everyone laughed. I said, "Oh, it's a hilarious idea." What if? <laughs> but whenever, yeah, whenever I thought of like, you know, how do you kill yourself? Well, you tie a rock around your neck and you throw it off a bridge. <laughs> and what happens if you see something crazy? Well, you yeah. go, "Well, now I've seen everything." And you take a gun out and you blow your head off. <laughs> you know, like in every cartoon I've seen. Yeah, yeah, now. yeah. And if the rock doesn't work, you run out into the, uh, the road to get run over by a car, but it turns out it's two motorcycles, and they just go around you. Oh, was that a Buster Keaton? That's a Harold Lloyd one. Harold Lloyd? From the same, same nice. sequence. There's a sequence of I thought this, attempted this, suicide gags. It was either that or it was what your father told you to do at uh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> Let me just say, tastefully presented suicide gags. Mm-hmm. Of course. <laughs> as much as you can present suicide gags tastefully. Yeah, that's funny. I like that. Uh, I like. I know, I just... I, I've got nothing against the first season of The Simpsons. I loved it. Sounds at the like time. you hate it. 
I don't think it holds up to the third season of The Simpsons and when they found their uh, legs. Mm. I think at that point it became, and the same thing with Second City yeah. or SCTV. Uh, I think like the later episodes of SCTV are just, they just completely hold up yeah. and they're, they're brilliant. Yeah. Like just out and out brilliant. And, you know, the first, the first season, that's good TV. Yeah. And same thing with The Simpsons. That's yeah. good TV. Sure. But then it's the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, but I think with SCTV, it's the same again. Like it's just, uh, Moving to Edmonton was like the perfect thing to happen to that show. Sure. You know, it was a desperation move. They needed a cheap place to film. There was nothing else to do. And so they ended up making... And yeah. nothing else to do. But also they found a bunch of talent there that was like not uh, like that Jules, whatever his name is, who is like the pretend... Hollemeyer. Jules Hollemeyer dance. You know, he was just an Edmontonian that they stumbled across. He was like a great costume designer and also could pretend to be a dancer for, you know, like that's... That's a good, you know, those are just lucky breaks, you know, like when you find like these great directors and people who can do special sure. effects. And, and who would like have that. thought, you know, uh, a touring production of Godspell would be where, <laughs> you know, the two comedy shows launch from mm. and you get your uh, SNL cast and you get your uh, SCTV cast mm-hmm. out of that. Or at least, you know, such a big influence on comedy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well... It's always weird to me now, like uh, I know someone who's doing a TV show with Victor Garber Yeah, and, you know, it's like, that's Jesus. <laughs> and that's the Jesus that launched comedy. Yeah. You know, that you just want to just like go, just tell me infinite stories. <laughs> what was that like? What was it working with everyone there? Like, yeah. holy cow. Another, a working actor. And then none of them in the movie, except for Victor, Victor Garber. Victor Garber's in it. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? What the, the why is Martin Short not in that? Why is Eugene yeah. Levy not in that? Why well, because you can tell who would be well, Eugene Levy in the in, in But the that. thing is, is like you're, you're not just competing because, of course, the Toronto cast in retrospect has become legendary. Yes, but when they made the movie, they weren't at legendary status yet. You know, but is any other actor in there of D- David Naughton? Okay, I don't know who that is. He's in American Werewolf in London, and is he the Doctor Pepper guy? Yeah, Doctor Pepper guy and stuff. He's like. in Godspell. Yeah, 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 I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Okay, I went, I'm not going to swear in a stack of Bibles because we're talking about Godspell. Godspell that's yeah, right. Yeah, that would be terrible. But I'm pretty sure that's he's Jesus in it. Christ Superstar stuff. <laughs> that's the kind of thing you swear in a stack of Bibles. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's in it. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I mean, I don't know what I don't know what the New York cast was like, you know, and whether that was like a, a storied. You know, Broadway thing, or they just, or they didn't even know, but they probably didn't even know about the Toronto cast. Mm. Like the when they went to make the movie, they probably people weren't going like, oh, have you seen the, you know, that obscure city up in Canada that you know is basically like, you know, this is Toronto in the seventies, not Toronto in the nineties. This is Toronto in what it's still called Hogtown. You know? Wasn't Cabbage Town? It's Hogtown. Okay, where's Cabbage Town? I don't know. Okay, very good. Asked and answered. <laughs> Are you looking up who is in? I'm looking Glasgow? up Cabbage Town is what I'm looking up first. <laughs> Where is Cabbage Town? Okay. Yeah, somewhere in Pittsburgh, I guess. I don't know. A place that attracted a lot of people that ate cabbage. Cabbage Town, uh, Toronto is a, is a neighborhood in central Toronto. Oh, okay. But the city itself is is called Hogtown. That's, uh, okay. For whatever reason, I guess it was a place where hogs were butchered. I don't know. Maybe. Kind of like Chicago. It was interesting when I used to have uh, an office uh, that led into Blood Alley. It was like, mm. oh, I wonder why this is called Blood Alley. Oh, because of all the blood. That <laughs> was from so the butcher shop. Yeah, the butcher right. shops there, yeah. All right. So I'm looking up now Godspell Toronto, which is one of my favorite topics. <laughs> but I just think, like, to us, of course, it's storied now in retrospect. But I think when they made the movie, you know, people weren't going like, oh, did, are you, sh- you don't want to get the... 
cast who was in Toronto. Yeah, it was Victor Garber and uh, Jane Eastwood. I didn't realize Jane Eastwood was in mm-hmm. it. Uh, Eugene Levy, Andrea Martin, Gilda Radner, Martin Short. Uh, but pretty uh, amazing. You're th- okay, so give me the name of the guy from American Werewolf in London. Pretty sure it's David Naughton, N-A-U-G-H-T-O-N. You can also just look up Godspell the music, the movie, and see if he's in there. And you know what, you're not wrong. Unless I'm full of, and see if I'm full of poop. No, it's okay. I won't say I'm full of poop. I'm just maybe my memory plays tricks with me because you know I'm, I have 57 years of memories to try to sort through. I feel like uh, you know I'm surprised you've seen it. Godspell? It, yeah, because again, because you haven't seen uh, Ten Commandments and stuff, so I oh, just okay. assume like you haven't seen. Yeah. Any kind of religious okay. crazy movies. Yeah, yeah, no. I just happened to be on TV one night when I was, it was late at night and I started watching it. Were you thinking David Haskell? No. Is that okay. who's in it? It's not David Naughton, is it? Not nope, in it? David oh. Naughton is not in it. Nope. Oh, that's weird. I There's uh, was... Victor Garber, David Haskell, Meryl Jackson. Not sure who that is. I'm looking at the ones that have gotten uh, the blue uh, thing because they're well enough. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Glimmer, yeah. Uh, McCormick, uh, Jeffrey Milet, and uh, Lynn Thigpen from, uh, from Peanuts. The old Thigpen. Lynn no, Thigpen was... from uh, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego and also did the voice. That's correct. Was played the DJ in uh, The Warriors. Hey, gum shoes. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, good for her. She's good then. She's really good in The Warriors. Just, she's just a, a voice. I haven't know. seen it. You still haven't seen The Warriors? I haven't seen The Warriors. I, I, you know, no. there's a bit of me that wanted to play the video game first just for silliness <laughs> sake. But yeah, I'll, I'll I'll see it. It's worth seeing, right? It's not a horror movie. Should I see it at uh, like I'm in a movie theater, or should I see it at home? I've, is I've it kind it of a fun movie to see, like in a movie? It is theater? fun. I mean, I saw the Rio a couple of years ago. Yeah, now. that's what I thought. Like, yeah, um, yeah. But it's fun. I mean, I mean, I saw it as a kid on, on from home video. So okay. Well, I'm shocked. I I thought that uh, David Naughton was in Godspell. I wonder what I maybe I'm confusing the Dr Pepper commercials with Godspell. It could be. A lot of people do. That's In my right. mind. I'm just, I'm just a bunch of, a group of... I'm a savior. He's a savior. Well, We're like the a, savior. A group We're of the savior. Young, Wouldn't you like to people be a Christian, too? Singing a song together. Yeah, just... Uh, I'm baptizing people, don't you know? <laughs> <laughs> should, uh, should I look at uh, that? Okay, let me see. American World from London. American World from London. Here. Okay. Is his name even David Naughton? I think so. You know, we have we have like a Dr. Pepper expert who writes into us. <laughs> he would know this off the by the, he would totally like the back know of his hand. This. Okay. So uh, his first role was Midnight Madness. Okay. Uh, then Separate Waves, then American Werewolf in London. Oh, okay. And so, no, we're way... I was yeah. mixed up. Yep. I think Sorry, he's too everyone. young for, uh, for that. Sorry, everyone. Yeah. My bad. He was in Amityville, A New Generation. Wow. I'm, oh. not, I'm not judging him. You got to work. That's oh, yeah, thing. you work. If you look at Victor Garber's filmography, you will be equally disgusted by some of the films that he's done, or TV shows that he's done. And did he sing Making It? Who? Uh, David Nowton. What's Making It? Uh, the, oh, what, what isn't Making It? Um, <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, it, was, uh, it was a sitcom. It was a song. It was a, it was a top five hit on the Billboard charts. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. One of those songs, like the, that Greatest American Hero song. Sure. Where it transcends the show and yeah. has its own... It, but it was a very popular song uh, to the point where it was also just uh, used uh, by the Picnic Face folks uh, when they did their Roller Town. It was the okay. first song that was there. Let's see, making it. There we are. Yeah. Uh, well, there was an instrumental version of the song called Still Making It. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, it was also in uh, the film Meatballs. Was it? Yeah. So I, I was, I've obviously heard this song. Oh, you've just, heard the song. I just don't it was know an it. incredibly popular song. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, there you go, meatballs. Yeah, but yeah, it was also a, um, a Happy Days style uh, sitcom that he was the lead in. Okay, and it was all these guys who were hanging out at a disco and ah. you know trying to pick up girls. Yeah, and that show did not make it. No, it was not a making it song, uh, making it uh, hit. The, sh- the, show. the show, yeah, the, yeah. the song was the song was everyone liked the song, but everyone, everyone was song, and everyone likes. Uh, I don't want to say everyone likes Dr. Pepper. It's had some good ad campaigns. Let's say that much. Mm. I, I'm talking it. to. I'll have uh, it every once in a while. Yeah, it's a once in a while pop for me. Yeah, drink not Dr. A, Pepper. Not it's a, a once in a while pop. <laughs> there you go, Ed. Use that. You're, you're welcome. Yep. You're welcome. That's free. S- bring that up at your next meeting, and you know, and just. I don't let, think he's still let with the them. accolades. Yes, he is. Is he still with Dr. Oh, Pepper? Maybe he's not with Dr. Pepper anymore. That's right. No, he, I don't think so. Well, I think no, I think he is. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought he still was. I thought he was still like doing. I'm going to bet you one Starburst. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> well, all right. I'll I'll see your Starburst. Okay. And I'm going to raise you one Starburst. Okay. One second. I'm knocking. You're knocking. All right. I still play raise though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fine. All right. Then we'll. <laughs> well, I'll, anyway, I'll, okay, I'll, I will uh, cover that bet. Okay. And we'll see next week we'll on see, the we'll show. We'll see you next week on the show. Ed will. Ed will reveal all. Ed reveals all. That's what we'll call that segment. Cool. All right, I'm glad we, glad we have something to look forward to next week. <laughs> and then the next week is our anniversary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, That's, I wasn't really looking forward to that, but this this is a more important. Yeah, now. we're cruising it's, we're cruising hard to our anniversary now. <laughs> it's all working out fine. So we already the show has made itself. Like we were worried. We we're like, what are we gonna do for the twelfth anniversary show? Or is it gonna be different? Are we gonna have guests on the show? Are we gonna have you know stuff happening? Stuff yeah, like that? Are we both gonna dress up as dragons? We're both gonna dress up as dragons in our, in our expensive you know furry style dragon costumes that we wear and just wave yeah because that's all you can do oh we should have a parade yeah <laughs> around the backyard we'll have a like two-man parade and uh but now ed's taking care of it for us so oh, thank goodness well there is some talk in the near future of doing another one of our episodes that's uh kind of uh, a mobile location that's right Yes, right. mobile. We're going to be on a, a bicycles. We'll be something. Bicycle built for two. We might have a tandem bike that we're on with a guest, <laughs> yeah. perhaps. Yeah. And we're, uh, we'll go do uh, stuff along those lines. I, so I hope you don't have to turn a corner. Oh, no. On a three-person three bicycle, that would be, oh, man. That would be very, that's, very difficult. That sounds scary. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Like, you'd have to have one of those uh, stickers they have on trucks, you know, where they say it makes wide turns, because you'd be making wide turns. So we all just get off the bike, just lift it. <laughs> Darn it. Have you ever ridden on a tandem bike? Um, I did once. It was it was difficult. I don't think so. I don't think so. We had a trailer bike, but that's different, of course. The trailer bike is like a tr- uh, frame. The frame attaches to this under the seat, mm-hmm. under your seat, and then it it goes over top of the oh, rear okay. wheel, and then it has its own seat with a wheel for your. Your tiny passenger who's riding along. I with know you. one of your brothers used to ride a unicycle. Did you ever give that a try? Oh, I tried it before he did. Oh, and how that? Go? And failed badly. Failed terribly. I actually, you know, skinned my my legs. But my brother got on it, and then like in twenty minutes, he was <laughs> riding through the whole neighborhood on his, on the unicycle. Wow! Because he was just a athletic, very well balanced. So he was just so so athletic. He was amazing. Yeah, amazing uh, athlete. My brother and. Uh, so yeah, he could do any kind of physical activity. He could, could he walk do. on a like a loose wire or a tight mm-hmm. wire? Yeah, mm-hmm. he could st- do a standing backflip. Yeah, I figure yeah. like if you can ride a unicycle, you can do a tight rope. Mm-hmm. It's weird to me. Uh, I used to live by a park. I mean, we used to fence walk. 
which is kind of okay. kind of like a uh, kind of like a fence where. walk. We'd fought, you could you could walk through a whole neighborhood. Oh yeah, on fences because everyone had the fences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We would do that, quite and often. then you get the dog going, and it'd be all uh, <laughs> mad at you and be scary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we used to have a park uh, in this uh, other place I used to live. There was an apartment building, and uh, it would attract circus folk. Okay. Or, you know, uh, so people would tie ropes between trees. Yeah. And a surprising amount of people could tie rope walk. This was the genesis of Cirque du Soleil. It just, it looks like something no one should be able to do. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you're at a circus and going, well, this is such a skilled thing. Yeah. That I'm watching a person and it's impressive. And then at the park, I'm like, I'm seeing like six people do it. And they're all just friends. It's not like six tightrope walkers became friends and now we're going to go practice in the park. Yeah. It's like, hey, why don't you try this? Okay. And it's weird, the person who can't do it. And it's like, all right, now we're going to loose rope walk or whatever, you know, slack rope walk. And they can do that too, mm. which it seems harder. Yeah. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Because there's more, more back and forth. Yeah. I you- got a friend who's just, just a normal person. You'd see her and go like, <laughs> yeah. you're a normal person. Sure. I know you. She's fooling you. She's fooling me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she enjoys some trapeze. Okay. She likes uh, doing a little trapeze sometimes. Like, what the hell are you talking about? You know. She still does. How, what, how old is she? Uh, she's, uh, you know, a gentleman never. Well, she's about my age. And she's so still she, doing trapeze? She, a little bit of trapeze. Yeah. Wow. Some basic stuff. Yeah. Okay. Like uh, uh, just... jumping from one trapeze. I mean, she's not doing like a flip to. But she will flip like when release. Yeah. She'll flip as she's falling into the net. Yeah. She'll do that. But yeah, she'll go from like one trapeze and like jump onto another trapeze wow. that's coming at her. Fair. Like that seems insane. Well, I mean, and now, it's obviously again, a skill, but it's and then amazing I know to do it. Sir, yeah, yeah, Sir Kids. Our advanced stage. I know a surprising amount of Sir Kids. Okay. That like, yeah, though they just do trapeze stuff. It's mm. just the thing they do. Mm-hmm. And I know someone now uh, who, you know, she does the ribbon thing. Well, uh, she was a kid and now she's like kind of a early teen and she does ribbon stuff. Goes what? up, climbs up the ribbon, spins around on the oh, ribbon. Oh, that's not a ribbon, but okay. No, oh, what is it? Silk? I think it's like a, yeah, like a sash or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It has a name for it, but that... Aer- but you she's would, an aerialist. Is what you would is. not uh, count a sash as a ribbon. She's an aerialist. You're a, you're a ribbon purist. Well, ribbon made me think that you were talking about people who do that rhythmic gymnastics with the little... Oh, no, 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 They no, wave no. the ribbon and they have a ball or whatever they no, do. I, I we used to do that with toilet paper as a kid. <laughs> we didn't call it rhythmic gymnastics. Though. No, we just called it get some toilet paper and <laughs> Run around. we get yelled at. It was like for taking the toilet paper. Yeah, like what? It's toilet paper. It's, you can waste it. Yeah. As you learn the first time you try to make a mummy outfit. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently it's very valuable. You'll oh, learn after incredible. you do the mummy outfit, yes. <laughs> you didn't know how valuable it was. You just hand it was. like, well, you can still use it. Yeah, yeah. Just leave it in the tub. <laughs> Fancy. It's still, still there. Sure, it's a little knotted, but it's toilet paper. It tears. Yeah. It's fine. Ugh, parents. So no understanding, no comprehension of the importance of things. We had to make a mummy costume. What was your most uh, common Halloween costume? Most common Halloween costume? Yeah. Tacky tourist. Oh, that's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And I would do that just normally. Like, I would just do that with my friend. We would dress up and just go on the bus in the summertime dressed like that. Oh, okay. Well, that's not Halloween. It okay. <laughs> wasn't Halloween anymore. All right. But we just loved it so much. We just do it. I was it like, in. how much candy did you get in the summer? <laughs> Nothing. We just, did All right. we just did it for fun. We just did it for Because often we would, um, we I had, my friend lived in Coquitlam and he went to school in New Westminster. So we would often meet in New West. That was our central meeting spot. And we would meet up as tacky tourists and we would just go do stuff. Or one time we decided it'd be fun to dress up. This is no longer politically correct, but I'll just say we did not 
add in, we did not change our facial color, but we had dressed like Arabs. Yeah. But often that was because we were going to film something. We were going to do like, uh, we would film eight millimeter movies uh, with other with other people. And so we would dress up for like, we were doing, I think we were doing like an Olymp- of OPEC oil We were doing ministers. like an Olympics thing. And so All we right. were dressed as like, with full, like full on sheets and robes and everything. And the idea was that we were going to do gymnastics because there was like a park in uh, New Westminster where you could do these sort of things. And of course, it just was hilarious that we were fully dressed in this, this gear. It was just like silly stuff like that, you know. Sure. But it just, it was just, it's, uh, when I tell people that, they're just, they're just amazed. They're like, wait, you rode on the bus <laughs> dressed in Arab garb <laughs> or dressed with Bermuda shorts and a Hawaiian yeah. shirt and a straw hat with, the a, idea of with like a camera on your that neck? that way, though, in the summer. <laughs> like when it wasn't well, at it was, all. Because it was summertime, it was you could wear shorts and stuff. So sure. I would just wear. Oh yeah, just the tacky my, tourist thing makes sense. I would just steal my dad's clothes, basically. Like yeah. he had like you know old kind of you know plaid shorts, and I would take those and just wear like socks and yeah. sandals. And, and, and your dad and your dad goes, mm-hmm. "Hey, why are you dressed like me? Oh, I'm going out <laughs> in costume. Oh, as what? An idiot. <laughs> but you dress exactly like I'm. Let dressed. me just say that yeah, okay. my dad did not know that I stole his clothes to do these sort of things. This was all done on the on the sly. You would I'm not. Okay. I'm not going to go ask my dad if I could take his shorts. You know, the answer would be no. Never. Well, then it's not going to happen. To do what? To ride on the bus as a to, as a tourist. This is how I knew I wasn't going to be able to do something. When my mom said to me, go ask your dad. Mm. That meant no. It's <laughs> not going to happen. Yeah. Can so-and-so come over? Can come over? So-and-so come over and stay the night? Go ask your dad. Well, what's the point? Because now I know the answer. The answer is you don't want this to happen. So forget it. Here's an interesting Halloween costume idea. Yeah. But you got to do it in the summer. Is you go and you knock on someone's door. <laughs> okay, this is a Halloween costume. I yeah, guess. and you yeah. knock on someone's door in the yeah. summer, like July. Yeah. And like around uh, seven. Yeah. Seven at night. Yeah. And go, uh, and when they open the door, you go, trick or treat, and you got your bag. <laughs> and they go, uh, what What are you doing? And yeah. you go, like, uh, I'm a time traveler. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's yeah. good. I like it. Oh, man, people would, you know what? If you did that, <laughs> people would give you stuff. Cough drops. People would Not give all, you stuff. all they'd have. No, no, no. They would give you, give you, you little... get something good out of that. Oh, man. If they, 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 they give you money. They give you money. Do you think they give you money? You huh? used to get money at Halloween. You remember people give you money? Okay. No. I remember yeah. UNICEF, but that's it. No, people would like put coins in your... in your. Oh, some pennies. Yeah, yeah. yeah not pennies, but quarters or whatever. They put quarters in? Yeah. Who's getting quarters? I've got quarters. Money. Yeah. That's a chocolate bar. Think about how many kids like show up and well, uh, yeah, full size chocolate yeah, yeah, bar. Yeah. But what are you talking? Like quarters? Maybe it was nickels and dimes. Whatever. Yeah, it was you nickels and I mean? dimes. But I mean, by the time the end of the night, you're, you have you're spinning a yarn. You have it enough for four for... kids show up and you've just given away a buck. <laughs> you're not you're not giving away a dollar no, every right. kid that comes right. to the door. But you know, you get nickels and dimes Order. from from people, and it's been it added up through the night into something that you could use. You okay. know, yeah. So, I mean, I think if you, like, did that, people would be, like, so impressed. They would, like, be, oh, they'd call the family down. You'd have to, like, tell the joke again. And then you'd have to, like, bring you some, bring you food from the dinner table. Oh, you, they would be so happy about that. Yeah. You know. Uh, what, was your, what was your costume that you wore the most? in? Oh, well, Alice Cooper was one of them. I really? I care Cooper? for Alice Cooper, but I like the outfit. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, again, you know, not uh, of the time Chinese person. That was at least That was twice. common? Okay. That was uh, not uh, mm. something great. Yeah. Clown. Uh, <laughs> what did these groups have in common? Not at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, Batman. One, uh, one okay. year I had a nice... Okay. I had a good Batman outfit. Mm. That's cool. I did a Spider-Man as a kid. Was it the uh, mask with the, the string? 
Yeah. Around the yep. back. That's all. And it said Spider-Man written on the chest. That's all. That's, I dress as a demon. That like was that. the I one, that was the one, uh, thing that was missing from, I think, across the Spider-Verse is you needed like one Spider-Man that was just the Halloween <laughs> costume. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a great Halloween costume. That Though wasn't I great guess, at all, actually. It's terrible. I guess they kind of had that in the first, the first one. Where he goes to the store and buys a Spider-Man mm. Halloween costume. Yeah. But yeah. it's a modern one. It's a modern one, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. you're not going to get that that one. No, you, that one did not exist. No, here's what they should do okay. uh, at your Spirit Halloween. Mm-hmm. Is uh, is it just one that says... Bring shit- those back. What's, it's, it just says shitty 70s <laughs> superhero. <laughs> and yeah, it's exactly what it used yeah, to be, yeah. but sized up for adults. Yeah. And you gotta have the, uh, string on the back that breaks the first time you go and, uh, and, and go trick or treat and uh, yeah, yeah. snap. I also had a devil costume as a kid too. And that was a really scary mask. I thought it was scary as a kid. And so I thought people are gonna be freaked out by my mask. And then, but all oh, this is smock with like flames on it or whatever. Like this, the color, like orange and red. I and went yellow. to Catholic school. So we probably would not have been able to, uh, go as the devil. As I've said, my parents were, their religion was in, they were in the indifferentists. That was their religion. So, yeah, dress your kid up as the devil. It's Halloween. It's here's, the scary. Other, here's the other good thing to do. Go door to door singing carols. Okay. Uh, not religious carols, but like winter-based sure. carols. Just, yeah, seasonal you know, songs. Walking in a winter yep. wonderland. Seasonal songs. Right. And then uh, and then people come to the door. It's like, what's going on? And it's just, uh, you know, uh, we're not we're not very religious. So we do this year round. <laughs> But that's not a religious we, song anyway, so it doesn't make sense. You should be singing religious songs, then, or not very. No, religious we're saying songs. we're saying we're not, oh, we're not religious, so yeah. we don't just do this on Christmas. Oh, I see. You we carol, do it year, we carol around, you carol you know, all year because you know we're talking about the memories yeah, of yeah. Uh, of winter yeah. and the enjoyment. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about how much fun it would be to be in a sleigh, mm. uh, wouldn't it be? Oh, it still would be. Uh, anyway, it's nothing to do with Christmas. It's just a celebration of winter. Seasonal songs continue. Like we still have like. Like you said, Winter Wonderland or... Uh, hot Time Summer in the City. Hot Time Summer in the City. <laughs> Another example of that. Uh, would Silver and Gold count as that? Or, but I think, Do they say it's Christmas Time in the City and Silver and Gold? Uh, silver, silver and no, Gold. Silver, 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 silver and Gold. Silver Bells has It's Christmas Time in the City. But uh, yeah, We're Alive sings it in uh, R- 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 Rudolph. Jingle Bells, of course, would be another one as a song that's seasonal, but not... Yeah. <laughs> Maybe It's Cold Outside, seasonal, not religious... Yeah, I think that's now circled around to where it's popular again. There was like a couple of years people, where people went, oh, this song is not a good song. <laughs> and then uh, people went, it almost ironically, yeah. you know, is uh, is okay. And now I think it's just sincerely okay again. I think it's come all the way around. So if it's time. Yep. Mores were different. How men and women, their interactions were different in those yep. days. And that's just what it was about. That was what it was about. You know, it was a confusing time for people. You know, you weren't supposed to like what you really wanted to do. Right. People thought no one was allowed to admit that they enjoyed what they wanted to do with shenanigans. They weren't allowed to admit they liked shenanigans. And so you had to pretend that you weren't interested. Because they had we hadn't invented sex yet. We hadn't invented. Well, we didn't admit we invented sex yet. We had admitted it. We did. Yeah, and, and you know, while. it was the drag. It had been admitted, invented quite a long time oh, ago. It was. Uh, here's the thing. I think, yeah. like you know, we in, we invented sex, and then our parents invented STDs like a year later. <laughs> and I was like, wow, 
come on. Yeah. We were just about to have some fun. <laughs> and uh, they went, no, no. No, no, no. Here's some STDs. The 70s. So uh, pump the, the brakes, the, mister. The, <laughs> we had the 70s and that created a lot of problems. Again, yeah. the most awkward conversation I ever had with my parents yeah. was uh, was one time where uh, I was 13 years old. All right. And uh, Setting and the scene. Setting the scene. I'm 13 years old. Yep. It's like, uh, I think it's a Saturday morning. Okay. And I say to my parents, uh, have I ever had the German measles? And uh, and they say and they said to me because uh, you know for some reason that got brought up and I was like I wonder okay. have I had it and they went yeah you did you had it when you were uh, like two and I was like I had the measles you had the measles I had the measles when I was two and uh, so you and, didn't there was no vaccination for measles then um, I'm not sure why I had the measles but okay. I had the measles when I was right. two uh, and because uh, I knew I had some sort of measles and I wasn't sure if it was German measles okay. or not. And uh, and they said, yeah, you had it when you were two. And it's okay. like, oh, okay, that's right. good. I just want to know if I was immune or not. Yeah. And uh, and then my dad went, but don't go thinking that that means that you're sterile, uh, <laughs> because it doesn't. That's mumps. It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. You know. And so you know, still be careful. Okay. And at thirteen. Right. Okay. And I was not the kind of thirteen that needed to be careful at all. <laughs> and it was just this thing of no, like I was somehow kind of somehow he either. jumped to like where I was yeah. thinking like, hey, 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 Dad, can I just yeah. can I just raw dog it because I had measles? <laughs> I'm bringing this up at the breakfast table, you know. <laughs> I was just eating this sausage, and I thought to my, and I was, I was thinking to myself, "Hey, pops, listen, you know, I don't want to be spending this money I got on the sausage on this, the, I don't this want to, donut. I don't know what I made me think of this. That's but, right. Uh, so we're eating these, uh, yeah, sausages. Hey, I don't want to spend money on lambskins, pops. Um, <laughs> listen, am I shooting blanks because because uh, I uh, had a had a case of the uh, measles? Yeah, I thought uh, it was mumps. I thought it was mumps that uh, caused. Uh, but anyway, well. I, I'm just telling you. Yeah. You know, if you uh, if you had the measles, still you got to wear a condom you when, you're, have to. when you're 13. <laughs> and I know, listen, yeah. I understand there's some 13-year-olds. Yep. This might be a thing. There are. But if I showed you a picture of there me are. when I was 13, yeah. that you kid would. is not having a problem I was still dressing that. up like a tacky tourist and going to be in the right. bus around Vancouver. There was and no way. He just turns over to you and there's an Arab <laughs> businessman who's at the table. <laughs> I was going, you know, your wife is very beautiful. Like, okay, listen, I don't know what this is at all. All I'm telling you. <laughs> Who invited what are, you, what are you using as a contraceptive? <laughs> I'm hanging out with Dave. He's uh, dressing up as an Arab tourist. And we're yeah. riding the bus all day long. So don't you worry. There's not going to be any pitter-patter of little feet. <laughs> nope, not at this point. Yeah. We're just going to be meeting up with some other OPEC oil oh, ministers. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, as kids do nowadays. <laughs> as kids do. Oh, it's true. That was not that was not an issue then. But I did know a, a grade eight girl, like a girl who was going into grade eight who had a baby. In, sure, at, at, there's always uh, there's in junior always high that, school. Yeah. There was the one girl. There was another girl. I think in grade nine who had to go go away for a while for the the inevitably embarrassing thing that she got pregnant. Oh my god. Can't show a bump. Can't show a bump at school. Yeah. You weird. gotta go, go away for, for a while. Yeah, it's so weird that it's like... Because uh, yeah. when they come back, everyone knows why they missed a year of school. Like, Right. You know, like, 
you have a baby now. We know why you're away. Like, you could have shown your baby bump for quite a while. I guess maybe there would have been teasing. There were mean people when I went there to school. There were mean people. Uh, you yeah. know, I, yes, I had, uh, I was very close and, you know, went out with uh, someone who had, uh, had like a, a baby the year before. Okay. Set up for adoption when yeah. I was, when the first years in college. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, you know, still friends with them to this day. And they have since reunited with uh, oh, the kid. Good. And, uh, you know, yeah, that happened to my aunt as well. And again, the very uh, the very odd thing of you know, oh, you get to meet your, the kid when they're you know in their uh, early or late teens, and they look exactly like the person who you uh, went out with back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a tricky tricky thing. Yep, it's a tricky thing. I remember. Um, I don't know if I told the story on the show, but I'll tell it again. All right, please for see. our new listeners. We're coming up on 12 years. There's got to be some... There are no new listeners. Um, okay. But I'll oh, t- thank goodness. I'll t- <laughs> we just, oh, we just that want, takes the pressure We just off. want pros. No, rook- no rookies. Um, so I was sitting at home one night, and the phone rang. And I answered it. This is the incredible part of the story. Oh. I answered the phone. Terrifying. <laughs> and it was a guy on the phone. And he said, hi, is this David Dedrick? And I said, yes, this is David Dedrick. And he said, hi, my name is such and such. And I believe... Uh, your aunt is my mother. Is my is my mother, and I was like, I have no idea. Yeah, I've never heard of this in my whole life. I have no idea what you're talking about. I do know that my grandfather was an alcoholic and spent some time in an insane asylum, but I did not ever was never told that my aunt had a baby, so I don't know anything about okay. this. Are you we, worried you're going to be asked for a kidney? We only talk time. about embarrassing. We only talk about you know things that are humiliating to my grandfather, but not not things that are kind of cool, like that my my aunt has a has a kid, had a kid. But anyway, so I'm like. I don't know anything about this. I'm going to give you my uncle George's number. Okay. And just, just so you know, when he answers the phone, he's going to use a weird voice. But you'll get used to it. That's the Dedrick way, obviously, right? Hello? Well, anyway, so then, um, so about a half... Does he change the voice when he finds out that there's a baby involved? <laughs> I don't know. Well, well, this is time to talk seriously. Um, so Sorry, i got to turn it into this voice. <laughs> Suffering thuck attack. I can't believe there's a little nipper. <laughs> no, no, he knew. I mean, obviously, okay, all, sure, the, sure. all the kids knew that their sister had... Uh, sure. What happened to their sister. So then, um, I, you know, so he thanked me, and he obviously phoned my uncle. And then my uncle made a decision to give him my aunt's number and this is not my choice but uh, you know and then about 45 minutes later my uncle calls my aunt, my my the husband of my aunt calls right. and he is furious at me for giving this guy their phone number and uh and i could see why because apparently the man who was the like the person who knocked out my aunt was not a nice person okay and that was a very traumatic experience for her and so something I guess that they wanted that my uncle felt would be best left in the past. All right, and he, and you were aware that this... I had no. That's the thing, right? Like, well, I, that was and, my, that's what wh- I said to him. I was in like, which I case, know. that's not your fault. No, okay. no, I don't feel like I have any. I don't feel any guilt no. about this. And I'm just like I. I said I didn't know anything about it. I just passed passed him on to Uncle George, who I thought might have some information. Yeah, because I am a you know junior member of the firm here. I don't know. Like I'm not part of the stock meetings, so I don't know. I don't know the past history of the family. It's, you know. And so, uh, but the weird thing, you know, the happy part of it is that they did meet and they, they, you know, now, now that he's part of the family and that's great, right? Good, yeah. He lives a long way. He lives in Fort Nowhere, lives in Fort Nelson, which is Mm -hmm. like almost into the Yukon. I know it's a couple hundred miles short, but still it's a long way up there. 
you know, it's one of those, it's like a two, three day drive to go up, to go up there. But, um, so they don't see each other a ton, but they did get, have contact and connection and That's did, great. and it did work out. And so I could, you know, be forgiven, even though no one said, you know what, Dave, it's okay. Don't worry. I'm sorry. I got angry with you, <laughs> but it's fine. It's fine. I understand why emotions were high. Cause you know, it was something that I think because of the situation of the pregnancy that maybe people felt like it was a, too emotional, like it'd be too hard for her to deal with and stuff like that. So should you have, in that case, taken his number and then contacted... Well, I didn't know who... I didn't know it was my aunt. Oh, uh, okay. Like, I didn't know anything about this, right? Like, I, I didn't know. Yeah. Like, I'm just like... Then this is kind of vaguely... you've got no... Like, I had no knowledge of this sure. ever, like, you know. And it does explain, like, when I... My aunt... My aunt loved me as a kid. Like, still loves me, obviously. She's my aunt. Right. But she loved me as a kid. You're very lo- lovable. I am very lovable. I yeah. was very lovable as a baby, and she was my babysitter when I was growing up and stuff like okay. that. Because she was she was part of the younger part of the firm. Like I've talked to before about Jason, and I've talked that our family is split into two generations. That there was like a because my grandfather, even though he was uh, a Protestant through and through, did not believe in birth control. So there is the alcoholic, crazy person years that act as like a buffer between these two generations of the family. And so there was my dad and my uncle George and those 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 ones, Jason's dad. And then there was the younger ones who my aunt was part of. And so when I was a baby, she was a teenager, basically. Yeah. And so I think think looking back on it now, I'm like, well now I know why she was so, you know, t- you know, wanted to care for me and stuff like that, because I was obviously the surrogate for the baby that she couldn't keep. Right. You know, and so that closeness was there there. Because my cousin Rob, who is older than me, but they he Michael George lived in Montreal at this time. He's working for a firm based in Montreal, and so he was back there. And so she didn't. They, those babies weren't part of the, the. So I was like the first baby in the family. Gotcha. That they could actually like have physical, right, right, <laughs> and play with and stuff like that. And me and famously, I accidentally pulled off her wig when when she was playing with me, and I was I as a, I cried as a baby because I thought I pulled her head off. I guess I was Aww. terrified <laughs> or whatever. Who knows why babies cry? But yes. Yeah, so, Taken aback that her I hair fell oxygen. off. Uh, yeah, no, that's it. my. Uh, I'm I'm adopted, and I've kind of reached out a little bit. Okay. Uh, online to uh, see anything, and no dice. My mm. sister also was adopted. Yeah. And uh, she found somehow, like she found a photo of the person who was probably her mom. Okay. Ninety five percent chance. Okay. And. Uh, Looks just like her. It's her. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Absolutely. And so, uh, you know, the I mean, nice thing was uh, she did get to find out what her background was. The kids got to find out they're part Italian, which, mm. you know. Uh, Makes sense, I, actually, knowing, knowing, your, knowing your sister. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, my so my sister tried contacting her and uh, got the real cold no. Mm. Like, never, never call me again. Oh, never wow. contact me. It wasn't even called. Yeah. It was like some email, but it was like very, yeah. very... Oof. Mm-hmm. like yeah mm-hmm. that's behind me yeah i can understand like that's a pain- sure it's a painful experience you know and something that would be hard to and you don't know the circumstances of the pregnancy no you know no it could be it could be terrible circumstances yeah. absolutely yeah. and so and yeah. do you want to know that maybe you do maybe it doesn't yeah but yeah yeah absolutely like yeah. I, and again i don't have any like why would i any ill feelings towards whoever gave birth to me mm-hmm. uh yeah it's like you want to say, "Hey, we could work it out." Yeah, do that. Uh, you know, tick, tick, tick on that clock. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Huh. It, you know, it worked out okay for my friend. My friend 
who had, uh, you know, who, who yeah. reunited with her son, yeah. also reunited with her birth mom, who mm. she was given up for adoption as yeah. well, yeah. and ended up with a bunch of sisters. <laughs> yeah, just got this big family out of it. Yeah. Uh, it was always, nice. always weird when they would come to see shows and be just like, there's a bunch of people that look like you in the audience. <laughs> Very I mean, it's a good way to build an audience for your shows. Totally. Is to actually, like, you know, they yeah. get family and yeah. then they got to come see you. Yeah, yeah. But the nice thing then, too, is, they're family, but they're also sort of strangers, so they can actually laugh at shit. Sure, sure. So that's nice, because family can't enjoy your shows. Yeah. That's one of my favorite acts, La 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 Human Stepbrothers. So. <laughs> wow! See? There you go. We're playing. We're having a nice time. <laughs> We're having a nice time. Everyone's it's a conversation. It's not a, it's a conversation. It's, not a it's all right. <laughs> it would be like, if you go like, hey, did you hear about the act that blah, 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 blah. That reminds me of a story. Mm-hmm. There was a raccoon. Whoa. His name is Ricky. He met two piles of newspaper. Yeah. It's, uh, by the way, I, I recommend, uh, both I recommend comedy book and I recommend the podcast, the guy who does it does. Okay. Called Good One. It's called, oh, a good one. Oh, so that's the he did who wrote the, uh, yeah, yeah, that's Jesse. I uh, occasionally listen to that show. Yeah. It's, uh, the latest one is him talking about the book and, and it's really interesting. That seems a little self-serving. Yeah. It's great. Uh, and Gary Goldman interviews him. Oh, I need. And, uh, yeah, he, t- he tells, I'm not going to tell it because he tells it on his show and I feel yeah, weird yeah. telling it. Yeah. Uh, but he tells a story of like, you know, uh, a joke that his, uh, Bubby told him. That's just a fucking filthy joke. <laughs> and, uh, Gary yeah. Goldman's a good uh, comedian. By did the way. you see the Great Depression? I did not. I've just heard him on, when it's over now. Yeah. The laugh 1040 is, is done, but, uh, when it was still left 1040, he was a, a regular voice. He's got a new special coming out called Born on Third Base. Oh. And he's got a book uh, out called Misfit. But I'm reading other books right now, huh. so I can't get to that. Born on Third Base. I guess he's the kid. Dad should have been having that uh, sausage conversation. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but uh, I would really recommend The Great Depression. Okay. It's sort of a combination documentary stand-up special about huh. his depression. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you would enjoy it quite a bit. It's very funny. And also very... oh. <laughs> so I'm just turning right now to the land of letters. The land of letters. And uh, and my computer is uh, messing up a little it's bit. It's a little there slow. We there we go. Yes. There we go. Uh, we asked, like, what's the last candy you'll eat at Halloween? And have you ever Googled your name? <laughs> and has anyone shared it? Like, had the same name as you? And if well, so, what did they do? Well, that would be great to, like, just marry someone with the same last name as you. And then you don't have to change nothing. Just real convenient. <laughs> There was one point there was a there was a woman named Boothby who uh, uh, we were flirty and it was like oh this would be maybe something and uh, I was like no didn't end up happening but oh. you know that again it would have just been lazy it would have been convenient for sure very convenient yeah, and very yeah. lazy <laughs> and also people would like constantly be asking so I know you're adopted so biologically it's not a but mm. uh, just uh, mm, mm. no well, so good anyway. good point. Uh, our friend Louise, who I had tea with the other day. Nice. She's a delight. I had uh, poker with. Did you lose money to her or win money from her? I lost all my money. That's that a... was, it was a great, I had a lot of great hands, but every hand, someone had a slightly greater hand. Mm. It sucked. I'm so sorry. I won four bucks. <laughs> uh, Louise writes, at our house... Uh, we sort the Halloween candy from those variety packs into separate bowls. Then we give away all the candy we don't like to the trick-or-treaters. First to go are the candy-coated ones like Smarties, M&M's, and Reese's Pieces. Boy, this is on brand for our podcast, I like, huh? I like two Talking of, chocolate bars? I love two of those. Which ones? Smarties, M&M's, Reese's Pieces? Smarties. Love Smarties and uh, Reese's Pieces. Okay. 
I'm not an Eminem fan. Next are the boring ones like Arrow, Jersey Milk, or Caramel. What do where you mean you, boring? By the way, where are you finding Jersey Milk in this day and age? <laughs> I think you can. No, maybe not. Like little Jersey Milks? Yeah. If you buy it, if you buy one of those variety packs. Okay. Uh, then chewy or nutty ones like Snickers, Mars Bars, or O. Henry. And we hand out Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, Coffee Crisp, and Kit Kat last, so we never have to eat leftover uh, candy we don't like. Uh, <laughs> I'm donating a bunch of uh, Starburst's, Starbursts to uh, David after this, because uh, we have too many, and uh, I'm just going to eat them, and I'm not going to do that. Um, there's another Louise Moon in the entertainment industry who pops up on Google searches. She is a hairstylist for celebrities and high fashion photography. I first found out about her from IAMDB.com. She is Louise Moon number one. I am Louise Moon number two. Uh, Ian seemed mystified at the idea of people who want power for power's sake. It's as much an addiction as any other. Uh, their brains reward them with a chemical rush when they exert power over others. That's why we say someone is drunk with power. And those who crave power are power hungry or have a thirst for power. And then later after they've had their uh, power, they poop power. Because they've drunk it and they've eaten it. Nothing left but to poop it. <laughs> poop it out. Poop yep. it. Pee it. Um, no, you're right. I'm sure there is. I just, I do not understand it. Well, that's different than, <laughs> that's good. It's good that it's incomprehensible to you. That shows you have a good relationship with power. Yeah. It's a healthy relationship. Uh, Mick Elliott, he's a fine fellow. He is. I like seeing his Instagram. He's got a good Instagram. He does. He's a very I'm, talented. I'm individual. sorry I don't like it more, but I'm I'm not a very good interactor. Oh, with you mean things. like it is in a click like on it? Yeah, because it sounds like you're saying I, I some... wish I liked it more. No, I'm sorry. I don't mean like that. I, I wish I hearted it more. Well, because well, I do I do like them, but I never. You're I, very uh, Scrooge ish with your uh, likes. It's just I don't think about it. You you, you count them in yeah. your little shack. You got your little hearts there, and you just stack them up, and uh, <laughs> the people. Go, Hey, you want some likes for the poor, sir? And you're like, ah, and you're so mean. Well, with the them. thing is, it's like, it's like, it's, it's my Instagram feed. So I see Mick. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. And I kind of look, then I look past it and then I'm like, boobies. Oh, okay. I just forget all about it. It's all birds. It's just birds. Exactly. Okay, that's nice. Uh, tits. My Instagram is not that sexy. It's, uh, just other things. Um, <laughs> Mick, but Mick writes, hi, Cooking? gents. Yeah. Nothing to add here regarding Halloween candy other to say that my son amassed a bucket full of lollipops oh. while trick-or-treating this year. Nice. I'm transferring my life savings directly to our dentist. <laughs> I haven't Googled my name for years, though I recently discovered that there is a producer-director on IMDb. What are they sponsoring this one? Uh, called Mick Elliott with over 100 film credits, mostly direct-to-video sequels, including, and this is where worlds might just collide in the great Venn diaphragm. Of flapping butterfly wings, several <laughs> Casper sequels. Oh. Ian, is it possible you wrote a screenplay for my almost namesake? Well, if it's Casper's Haunted Christmas, possibly, but I don't think uh, they were a producer. Uh, and I know they were not the director of, mm. uh, of that one, but uh, okay. I, will, I will take a look. Uh, to more pressing matters, can we anticipate a completely Beatles episode <laughs> for a deep Dedrick dive into now and then? What say you, Mr. Dedrick? Well, I mean, we're still waiting for the Get Back episode, so mm -hmm. don't hold your breaths, but it will happen. Okay. It'll happen. We'll figure that out. We'll do it. Yeah. Is it still on uh, Disney Plus? The song or the no, documentary? No, the documentary. Yes. All right. The Now and Then documentary is still on. Oh, no, no. I mean the... Uh, oh, get Back. Get Back. I believe so. Not I, Get Back, but whatever have, it's called now. I have it on Blu-ray. Okay. Uh, Peter because Ayer. I like to own things. Very good. Peter Ayers uh, writes. Peter Ayers? Uh, a question about confectionery. 
How on brand. Hooray! Indeed, it's true. <laughs> the first bars to be stolen from my son's hall this year were a couple of Cadbury's twirls. Oh, so good. Those are good. Uh, the Flake Perfected. For those that don't know, <laughs> this is a rippled chocolate bar made by drizzling chocolate through a long slot, then coating the waves of cocoa in another layer of chocolate. Oh, say this slower, Peter. <laughs> Half of the bar is air, which isn't just a clever way to charge more for less. But a way to make every bite a delight. Mm. Oh, there's a slogan. Nice one. <laughs> For extreme indulgence, you just bite both ends off and slurp hot coffee uh, through the bar, turning the inside to molten goo that collapses as you bite into it. <laughs> Yum. The biggest anticlimax comes from the candy distributed by the expat Americans in our part of London. American chocolate is a conundrum. How can it be both greasy and dusty in texture? How can someone, something so loaded with sugar be so devoid of flavor? The only way they can get away with such uniformly terrible chocolate is by brilliant marketing, which leeches through uh, pop culture films like E.T. And whilst I'm probably inciting a sneaker storm by saying this, I include Reese's Pieces in my thesis. Ooh. Oh, I David hates Reese's Pieces and to pieces. pieces to pieces. <laughs> oh, on namesakes, I have a namesake who, like myself, works in the construction industry, although he's an engineer where I'm an architect. Oh. The other Peter Ayers worked on a polar research uh, station in Antarctica, huh. and after a few confusing emails from mutual uh, colleagues, we met for lunch a few years back. Comparing notes and enjoying uh, the talk of our parallel lives. <laughs> a tip of the hat to you and your crew. Signed, Peter. Uh, that'd be thank interesting you. if you had lunch with... Uh, thank you, Peter. Uh, that'd be interesting if you had lunch with someone like that, right? Yeah. And like, I, there's probably a good way to do identity theft at that time. <laughs> right? Like, you know, if sure. uh, you're signing for something yeah. or whatever, yeah. you've got the idea, sure. same ID as that person. Yeah, yeah. If you got their credit card mm. and their name is Peter Ayers on it. Yeah. Boom. Off you go. Yeah. I was like, can I see some ID? Yeah, Peter Ayers. Oh, well, you're clearly Peter Ayers. I mean, I can't think that you met up with another Peter Ayers for lunch yeah. that you don't know and <laughs> and stole their card. That's such a ridiculous scenario. I don't yeah. even know why I'm bringing it up. Sure. Um, but, uh, yeah. I'm glad that's your takeaway from that, that heartwarming story. Yep. <laughs> Trying to steal his identity. Yep. That's good. It's a heist. It is a heist, you're right. Did I tell you there's a heist movie coming up that I'm looking forward to? Which is? It's um, What's it called? It's got, it's got the kid from uh, Love Actually. Okay. Little, uh, kid, yeah, yeah. But he's now an he's adult. He's now an adult, but yes. Adult. He's, uh, he's an adult kid. And, uh, the, he's youth, still youthful looking. Though. And the fella who was uh, uh, the werewolf in Harry Potter. Okay. I that guy. Mean David Thewlis. Yeah, there you go. And uh, he's the Archful Dodger. He's Fagin. They're getting together. One last heist. Oh. Yeah. Good idea. Sounds Fagan fun. Fagin is busted out of prison. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, I'd, I watched that. And it's going to be on, uh, I think, yeah. Disney Plus. So yeah, I don't have to pay for it. Excellent. I like it. Yeah. I will, I will, I will watch said film, please. Yeah. Is it called Fagin Till You Make It? <laughs> First play I ever did was uh, yeah. Oliver. So I never liked the idea that Fagin was hanged at the end of uh, oh, yeah. Oliver Twist. You didn't deserve it? Maybe deserved it, but the problem when it's a musical is you can't you yeah. can't hang a guy who's done the funny song. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Does he sing while he's being hanged? He would clearly have to, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if like that's the reality, it's just like and regrets. So, well, he'd just be yeah, so yeah. sad. 
Well, I could sing a, or it'd be I could sing, sing another funny song and just yeah. like no news is good news. Or it would be a, a reprise of the funny song, yeah, but yeah. sad now. Yeah. Better pick a pocket or two. <laughs> <laughs> and just, so on. Just hanging around <laughs> with my baby. <laughs> Can't go wrong now. Pull my leg. <laughs> Things are snapping all around town. Yeah. So I'm gl- I'm glad that uh, Fagan broke out. I'm good with that. He shouldn't be like recruiting kids to be pickpockets. That's no, bad. That's that is bad. I know, and you're very anti-pickpocket. But I mean, <laughs> the point of the story is not that Fagan is bad, but that the the that the situation created this. You know that the situation these kids were in created a a um, opportunity for Fagan to recruit kids into sure. life of life of crime and right. and not even a life of crime. Because they're just ex- being exploited by him. They're they're not. Yeah, it's he, not like they're actually were a family. He, he was beats, exploiting he them and then getting beat, rid of them. He does beat a kid at one point, but yeah. he also gives them sausages and he gives them he gives them more food. Yeah. than the workhouse that uh, yeah. Oliver's part of with exactly. Mr. Bumble. That's the thing. So you know he's better than Bumble. And here's the thing: he's not Bumble, better than Bumble. He is better than Bumble. <laughs> He's not better than he Bumble. He is better than Bumble. No, he's beat them. He beats the kids. Well, so does Bumble. And, and you think a, Bumble doesn't beat the kids over and, at the workhouse? Well, they don't say that he beats them. Oh, he does beat them. Well, you can't sure. just assume that. Okay, well, he's got a... Uh, if we're going with the Oliver musical, uh, oh. yes, he does go on and just like, you know, we'll serve him a cockroach... We'll feed him cockroaches served in a canister. Yeah. That's one of the things that we'll do. We're going to yeah, do... Yeah. We're going to make him go up these stairs without any banister mm. and then it leads into the cockroaches served in a canister. Yeah. So he's a sack of shit. Also, he's a hypocrite. <laughs> Fagan knows what he is. Fagan knows what he is. Yeah. And the uh, Mr. Bumble is working but uh, Mr. with Mr. Bumble... Your you have to understand that Mr. Bumble is us. We're Mr. Yeah. Bumble. Yeah. We're society. Yeah. We're the people who put these kids in this situation. That's right. That's right. And we're you not know? giving them that second thing. And we're of, the ones who are driving these kids into the arms of Fagan. Sure. Who's got who's sausages. To, but it's not just that. gruel. But those kids are going to get caught pickpocketing. Yeah. And they're going to end up in a place that's even worse than the workhouse. Well, these kids are going to die from malnutrition. It's not malnutrition. Workhouse, it's, a, it's an orphanage, but anyway. Okay. Well, it's, uh, well, they're doing work. There's no way they're not doing work in that orphanage. That's not like a get up. I don't think it was called a workhouse, though. That's a different thing entirely. Workhouses were for for poor poor older people. They went to workhouses. Okay, so it's an orphanage. They're getting fed gruel. Yeah, uh, this is your food, glorious yeah, food the, number. The government is penny pinching and not not giving them not giving them the dough. Okay, now you got me wondering. Like, was Oliver in a workhouse? Was he in an orphanage? What was he in? What do they call it? Let's take a look. He's in a prison. Are there no prisons? Are there no workhouses? Well, same author. Musical. <laughs> I was uh, I was Charlie Bates. Okay, oh, there we go. Master Bates. That's the joke that was made at the time. <laughs> okay. Uh, the musical opens in a workhouse. Huh. As the half-starved orphan boys <laughs> are entering uh, the enormous dining hall for supper, oh. they are uh, they fed only work. gruel and singing a song called Food, Glorious Food about all the different songs of foods that they could eat, but they don't. But unfortunately... Mr. Bumble and the widow, widow Corny, who are yeah. heartless yeah. and greedy, mm. uh, are running the workhouses. 
And uh, there you go. And the, the I guess that's the idea. So he had to sleep in the basements with the coffins ew. when he asked for for food. Well, so fuck fuck Bumble. Yeah. Bumble's worse than uh, Fagan. I, I don't say. know about that. I guess they're both equally bad. How's that sound? No, because at least with uh, and again, I used no. to work for Fagan. Just because someone gives you money or gives you a sausage doesn't make them a good person. No, but at least you're getting a sausage out of it. Both of them are exploiting the kids. Yeah. Uh, but at least one of them is feeding the kids well. So of those two. Uh, yeah, sausage. at least one He's is... also sicking Bill on them. Bill Sykes? Yeah. Yes. Well, you know, listen, the, the, there's a lot of there's a lot of problems. I'm, I'm still saying that. <laughs> I didn't realize the work host. I wonder what they what they worked at. I'll have to reread all, all of it. Probably making things, doing shit, yeah. you know? Probably uh, send them out, clean a chimney or two, when, like go down a, go down a pipe. When we, one year when we were in, in England, we visited a women's prison. I don't know why. We just were close by or whatever. And not a sexy one. And it was prison. interesting... Like the church, when they had church, mm-hmm. they weren't allowed to stand beside each other. They had individual, and they weren't allowed to sit. Ugh. They had these individual stalls they had to stand in, and it was like it was like a very steep theater looking down at, towards the pulpit where the where the the minister would be. But all the women had to stand throughout the service. But they made oakum, which was which was like um, what's oakum? Oakum is like uh, some sort of like fiber, like a plant fiber soaked in oil so you'd have to like take this plant fiber and, and tear it up into like, okay so it's all like kind of fibrous fibrous and then and then soak it in oil and it was used for it was used for um uh in ships and stuff like that to plug holes like when they're putting the hulls of the ships together they would use oakum to create like a waterproof barrier so that because you know it's not enough just for the wood okay. it had to have like stuff to fill all the crevices and cracks and that was what it was that's what oakum was. Interesting. But I actually use it as a horse, when as a farrier, because we'd often use oakum as a filler underneath a pad. Like if a horse had a sore foot and you put a pad on it yeah. in order to protect the hoof from the ground, you would use oakum as a, as a space filler underneath oh, it. that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So I, I was keeping the prison women still occupied anyway, in a small way. I know that the, you know, the, Navy, the British Navy is no longer using oakum for its ships, but you know, they still were helping out the farrier. And horses. So they were doing good work. What other podcast are you going to hear that on? What, a good one? <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. That's mean of you. Don't get judgy. Yeah, we got our hokum and you got the oakum. Yeah. Uh, here's a question. Like it reminds me of a question. Oh. But, for this. Oh, but you go first. But let me ask you this. Was there you any emails? There were no emails. Okay. In that case, do, do you have a question? Because I got a question. You can go first and I'll go My question would be, because we were talking about jokes earlier. Yeah. Do you have any joke jokes? Oh. Like is that there, you can is, tell. Is there a go? Is there a go-to joke? Yeah. That you uh, that you enjoy. Mm. Uh, you know, let us know what that joke is. We'll yeah. read that joke out loud. Sure. Okay. There's one I like that. Uh, this one of the truck drivers at work who comes and picks up every day. He'll always tell this joke when there's a new guy. It's kind of losing its place now because people are too young to know what he's talking about. But he always used to say, um, "Oh, hey, you guys, did you hear that Woody, Willie Nelson died?" We'd be like, "What? Really?" He goes, "Yeah." So playing on the road again. <laughs> anyway, so it's every time, and I just so now I lead him into it. I'm like, "No, what were you saying? I it's something about Willie Nelson, you know?" Um, I do have a joke, but I can't tell my favorite jokes. I cannot tell in, in uh, polite circles. All my jokes have been told on other podcasts recently. So, I can't. so um, oh, second second question. Second question is, uh, what's a podcast you think is better than ours? <laughs> Okay, that'll be a long list. Uh, <laughs> send us to SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. That's our email. We're on uh, Facebook, Sneaky Dragon. We're on X. 
uh, sneaky underscore dragon, Tumblr, sneakydragon.com. And we have our own website, which is, of course, sneakydragon.com. Uh, yep. And we have every episode of every show that Dave can't remember that we've done. <laughs> um, that's okay. We've been doing this 12 years. You try and remember Almost. everything you've done for 12 years. Almost 12 years. Almost 12 years. By the time you hear this, it'll be closer to those 12 years. <laughs> uh, and yeah, you can post uh, your thoughts underneath every ep- any episode. And even, not even in linear order, you can go back to the first one and throw a comment in there if you want. Yep. And we'll probably end up reading it. We'll see it. You hear, hear me doing this reading? I train to read things. So, yes. you know, I'll, 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 I'll read them. And if you send them, if you got something long to say, Send it in an email, and then Dave has to read it. <laughs> and that's good. I love reading the emails. Also, I just want to say, Dave, there's uh, yeah. a, a movie that's coming out uh, tonight called The Marvels. Okay. Uh, and I don't want to see it. So so I'm not going to see it. I don't want to see it either. We're, I feel like we're still probably going to go see it. Last night, I went and saw The Killer. I, I do want to see new, it a lot. The new David Fincher film. Okay. The Killer. Uh, and I was joking with Mary when we went in, and I said, I said we might not, might not enjoy this movie. I can tell you right now, it's going to be better than the Marvels. But anyway, no. we'll see. We'll see. Okay. I don't hold much hope for film, but maybe that's the best way to go see a movie. Maybe it is. Low expectations. I really enjoyed the uh, Ms. Marvel uh, TV show. You know so what? I'm just what I watched see. of it, I thought was pretty good. I didn't watch it all. I, I like her, I like uh, her a lot, and I like her parents a lot. So I want as much of her parents in this as possible, <laughs> and I want to see uh, the cat. It's an intriguing concept, so yeah. Hopefully, they can pull it off. It seems like everyone's having trouble with like their movies it's, right it now. It seems like it's it's the film that'll be the. We're just gonna have some fun. We're not gonna set up a lot of stuff. We're just gonna we're just gonna just goof around for a bit, and um, I, I hope <sighs> I hope that is the case. We'll let you know next week. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I have been Ian. I have been David. And that's it. You know, go relax. Have a nice time. I'm going to show Dave what this uh, Las Vegas sphere thing is he hasn't heard of. Uh, I'm going to show him a video of it. You've seen it, right? It's pretty amazing, right? You've seen that. Anyway, I'll uh, show Dave. You've seen it, though, right? Yeah. Okay, bye. (laughs) 